first question we ask everybody is, when you first got to the league, who's the first person to bust your ass? I mean, the first, yeah, the, man. <laughs> first game, the first game I played against um, Keem Lajuan. And uh, Ola. He was Ola. the, uh, yeah, I think he was the reigning MVP or, or just a bit something, I don't know. But he had 33 in the game. It's funny because I watched the game the other day. And uh, he had 33, and I was just looking at how cold he was, man. You know, he the first big man with a crossover. Jamal Mashburn <laughs> right to took left. that, but Jamal Mashburn was 6'8". You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Akeem got you at the top, and he would do this. You wouldn't know what to do. So <laughs> I remember I remember after the game, though, being like, that jump hook, I'm taking that. I'm taking it. I'm, I'm taking it forever. But, yeah, he bust my ass. I couldn't do nothing. Nothing with him. Yo, 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 yo. Live on location, me and the blackest one is still staying at home here in Orlando, keeping safe and quarantined. But this is a special one, man. We got a Midwest player, man. One of Legend. our all-time favorites. One of the best to ever do it. Legendary. This Mr. Fab Five. This Mr. I don't know how much in the league, but this Mr. Cold the Shoe Game. And, and, and now this is Mr. TNT, and he might be a professor if you log on. I don't know, but this is the, my man, Mr. C. Chris Weber. I OG, appreciate you for joining us today. What's up, fellas? What's up, man? Thanks for having me on, man. I've been waiting to get on this, man. I've been waiting for my turn, man. And you got to have me on after quarantine because I want to be in there with y'all, man. Yeah, we got to. Oh, man, we got to get that energy. We got to get yeah, that energy in the room, man. We missing that. Yeah. that you just said that you took that jump hook from that game right there from the first time when old of the dream, prime dream, Hakeem Olajuwon, he was the first person to bust, so it's ironic that you say you, he did that hook to you and that's what you got from it because D-Miles, first person to bust his ass ever was you. <laughs> and you did exactly that, and you jump hooked him to death. This is I'm the first time for 30, us to have somebody 36, on the show I'm talking about the jump hook. D Miles is the victim. I tried to bump you. You 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 posted me up. I tried to bump you. You would bump me and knock me off my rhythm. So now I couldn't jump. Then the next time down, I tried to not let you put your body on me and then try to jump as high as I can. I tell everybody, I was like, man, that's thirty six, and this ain't like it was just all jump hooks. Like you just jump hooking my ass to death. Hey, I, you, Stromar, Swift, a bunch of bunch of y'all young power forward could play three that came in the league. I tried to go at y'all because I knew y'all was next, man. Like <laughs> I knew y'all could jump, y'all were quick, y'all were doing other stuff, and I was like, "Well, they can't block a jump hook. I don't care what nobody say. Don't and let I me get even, my feet together." I ain't even tip yeah, so I, I was trying to come at y'all, y'all. Was, yeah. <laughs> and know this, me, me and Keon Doolin made sure we reminded him of it. Don't whenever he get a little tired talking to you, all right, now you know we got Sacramento and whenever we about to play him, like, you better chill out. <laughs> I just felt, I came to the benches, it just felt like everybody was looking like, man, what the fuck I supposed to do? This, he jump hooked? You better double or something. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm a uh, buck 85 trying to go out, <laughs> trying to play power right. and trying to go out there. And they laughing and shit at yeah. me and all that shit. I remember I just felt defeated that game. I ain't never really just had my ass bust like that. Like, you know, they can have good games. Like, yeah, just jump funny. hook and it's, it felt so simple. Usually it feel like, you know, yeah, somebody, I'm, I'm going to make you do like four or five moves. You're going to bring that shit out. That shit seemed like, oh, man, it's, it's simple. That lets you bump, know bump. how weak you were. <laughs> that lets you know bump, how bump, I ain't bump, even going to go into my bump. bag on you. I'm going to just put this shoulder on you and just put bang. Put his ass on bang, you and bang your little ass down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that helped me get old, too, because, uh, you know, I saw Carl Malone do that with his jump shot. You know, I saw him get older. And um, I think you're going to see guys like Blake and others start using it, man, because you can't, you can't do nothing with it, man. <laughs> hey, did, do, you, do you notice this? Blake don't have a dunk this year? That's hey, crazy. That's, That's a crazy stat. I just I seen that shit the other day. Like... Blake don't have a dunk. Blake Griffin don't have a dunk. One of the you most highest jumpers motherfuckers ever don't have a dunk this year. You know, so I'm not a commentator. We just talk. We just hoopers right now. Like, I was looking at that. I couldn't believe it because I got injured and I saw how he was running. And I told a friend last year, I was like, it don't look good. Oh, you see, I'm like, man, I'm just telling you because I wasn't looking good. You know what I mean? And, right. I, and I knew it. And it, it's crazy because he could shoot the three. He's a great passer, but he might not be in the type of offense that let him play his style because you look at it, man, it's crazy to think that LeBron is four years older than him. Right? When you right. look at bodies, yeah. it's, cra it's crazy. And we think of all the great things Blake done. Yeah, man. It, it hurt me to see um, great athletes, you know, injury take a little bit away. It hurt, man. Yeah. It, 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 it's almost yeah. like he should have played in my era and the era before. You know what I mean? Where they banging and just, just going. Because right now, him being a power forward, really a center in today's game. You know what I mean? And then the center in today's game might be able to take you off the dribble and you hurting with a knee, man. I remember going against... Uh, Lamar Odom, mm -hmm. after, I broke, after I hurt my knee after I had surgery, and I was like, okay, I get it now. Hell, Joseph. Yeah. I was like, hell, Joseph. I was like, I, I get it. I, I get it now. Yeah, uh, I take my hat off to Blake, though, because he, I mean, like you said, without him having dunks and stuff, he didn't reinvented his game, yeah. shooting threes, like you said, facilitating, being able to no. score out the post in different ways. So, I I mean, it, he, he put his work in. You can see it. Oh, yeah, no, definitely put his work in. And it seemed like he's still enjoying the game. I, I just mean, yep. just personally, I remember when my mind would tell me to do something and my leg couldn't. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I remember every day you struggling, you, you reinventing yourself and you, you going through it. You know what I mean? And I just personally, I just see that with him. And he make it look easy. You know what I mean? How you're doing it. But yeah. I just don't like seeing the brothers, you know, lose that athletic. Before I got hurt, I could never see another player when their knee was hurt dragging their leg. And you see players like, nah, he, he hurt, he's dragging his leg. But when I got hurt and I had the feeling and then I noticed and I know the symptoms of everything that's going on, yeah. I can tell players, I'd be like, he dragging his leg. I looked at Russell Westbrook when they played the Brooklyn Nets, and I was like, man, he had a great game, but he dragged that leg all the way down court every time. And he, you know what I'm saying? He can yeah. get his full capacity of stride in because you always drag yeah. your leg. He you it had it yeah. Yeah, he's tricking you because he's making it happen. But you can see, because I noticed, like, whenever a guy backpedaling to me and he stopped funny, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, you know what I mean? Because they working like I, they I used to. Them air brakes ain't working no more. Man. No. Uh, Country <laughs> Day High School. Where it all started, Country Day High School. How was it? You won three state championships. Well, I know how it was. You went state championship. You won <laughs> Mr. Basketball, but 
But that transition of your life, like how was Country Day High School for you? You know, it's funny, so many people don't know this, bro, but I didn't want to go to Country Day. You know, I'm mm. from the city of Detroit. My mother teach in the city of Detroit. She won't leave the city of Detroit to go teach at other schools because she, like, they don't care about us. I got to stay here, you know? And so I had an AU team, you know, half went to this school, and I'm going to this school. I'm mad at my parents. I you know, my father, I'm, I'm upset. I'm going to the school. You got to wear a suit and tie. You know, things are different. And uh, I didn't want to be there. So my first year, I, I spent trying to get out, plunk out the school and everything, right? <laughs> my mom was like, having this She was, you know, she like, I'm going to win this. You're going to do it. So once I realized what a blessing that school was and how dope it was to be there and how, you know, good everybody was, it was crazy because we were in Class C. We only had about 400 people in the school, maybe. It was in Class C. Class D, the smallest. Then we was in Class C, and we won Class C. So the next year... You know, I'm hearing shit like, oh, they ain't playing, you know, they ain't playing no competition. Now, all during the summer, I'm playing everybody. Because it's, yeah, you know, right. you know what it is. So I'm like, okay, that's what it is. I asked our coach. We petitioned the state. We move up to Class B. Then the next year, we went to Class B. And right now, the best high school in the world, the coldest players in the world play for Southwest. You know, you think of a team, think, listen to who was on this team. Howard Isley. Mm. Ice cold. Vashon Lennon, three-point winner, and long, linky Jalen Rose. Fast, quick point guard. You know what I mean? So this is high school, dog. Six, seven point guard in high school. Vo was shooting threes like he was in the league in high school. And the team I wanted to be on. And so I wanted to go to Class A, and the, the state wouldn't let us go to Class A. So when you ask me how was my high school, it's, it's that in a nutshell. I didn't want to be there. The dudes on my A team that came with me, everybody to school, it was love. And then we went from C to B and tried to go to A. They wouldn't let us and we wanted B again. So it was dope, man. Getting three high school state championship. It was a lot of love. At what point did you meet Juwan? Because y'all, did y'all play AAU together at some point? Man, so. Every, y'all was cheating. This is, see, this back in the day when they used to go all do all this stuff. Y'all, I, he in Chicago. Stay, he in Detroit. How y'all play stay, AAU? <laughs> this, this, y'all don't even know about these days. These are the days your mama answered the phone and be like, hello, hold on. Crazy Juwan on the phone. Y'all don't really Exactly. Know. Yeah. You got to exactly. go to one phone. Yeah. So, uh, man, I met Juwan. It's so fun. I met Juwan at Nike camp. I was the youngest cat there. And... I'm I'm just, I'm, this is the first camp I've ever been to. And I'm just, you know, wide out. I'm watching uh, the first game is Bobby Hurley against Kenny Anderson. I'm on Bobby Hurley's team. It's just crazy. So I'm in the lunchroom. And all my, I got all my family in Chicago. So we drive up there all the time. And I knew this kid was from Chicago because he had N-O-O-K written in his, in his head. Hmm. And I'm like, no, what that mean? No. And then, so we chop it up. Man, next thing I know. We became close friends my sophomore year. And so he would do things like come to the crib, play on our AAU teams. I'd drive up there, see him. I mean, he really recruited the whole five. If anybody knows the story, he's the one that got all of us to be together. And so, yeah, Jawan. And it was crazy because you know how it is today, or I don't even really know how it is today, but if you're the number one or two player, I don't know how cool you are. Right. I was the number one player sometimes, even number one player, whatever, one and two big men at that time yeah. and in the country and we were just we was close friends man so he he was my homeboy i remember we got into a fight our teams at one aau tournament and i just grabbed him and we both just walked away I'm just, like we were really close <laughs> man. We were, uh, this whole family that's crazy 
Rest his soul, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, so man. everybody in the shot was there for me, so we, we were close. I want to know one more thing before we move on about the A. Who else was on y'all AAU team? Oh, was, was it was, yeah. like you and Jawan already, like you said, y'all was top in the country. Like, was this the Super Friends? Because I know when I came, I played against your brother, the Super Friends. Yeah, when that, that was the team. Was this the yeah, same program? Shout out to David. No, so this was this yeah, was shout out to Dave. Like Dave, yeah. we go way yeah, back, 12, 13 <laughs> years old playing. Yeah. Like they like that's Chris Webber, little yeah. brother right there. Everybody and like who is he? Like which one? Every tournament. Like, every tournament. <laughs> then we got like you know our coaches Larry Butler and y'all program coach. Yeah. They knew each other, so we would always yeah. go to the same stuff and see each other and know each other. And it was like yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I man. Because people don't realize to me the Midwest got the coldest basketball. No disrespect to nobody else in New York. You could dribble. This was in my day, so, mm-hmm. you know, how many ever years ago in New York, everybody could dribble and lay it up. Um, mm-hmm. California, they were smooth and had jumpers. And we felt like the Midwest, you had to have all the game. Yeah, you, you, everybody, yeah. you had to shoot through, you had to, all game. You couldn't be no specialist, yeah. you couldn't be soft, you couldn't be whatever, you know, so. Um, but on the team with Juwan, is me, Jalen, Juwan, uh, man. Emmanuel Bibb, who was cold at the time, Vashon, I think I said. Howard Eisley going to college. I forgot who else was from Chicago. Cause I, you know, um, shoot, what's what's the white boy from Chicago that had the um, he had a, a Tommy Kleinsman. Man, that was my boy. <laughs> Tommy went to Deep Park. He would and he had game. He went to Deep Park. Yeah, 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 game. Me, him, Cherokee Parks, all of us. I mean, we used to have, anyway Cherokee Midwest basketball at the time. So I forgot who else, whoever else was on that team. But um, so wait, now y'all had three of y'all. So y'all really took three from the AU team and went to school. It was Juan, though, dog, because you really. Now everybody play with each other, and that's dope. Go get your boys and do it. But when I was coming up. Everybody got to remember, it was the system. This was the system. We were trying to fight, like, go with your people. And um, so I'm just like, look, man, they were sorry last year. All of us can go there. We dogs. You know what we're going to do. You know we're going to win. He was pumping me up, man. <laughs> he, he made me believe, man. That's why when you see him talking later about Shock the World and all that, he should be because he's the he was the architect of that man. That was I dope. say he came in hit the cabbage. Hey. <laughs> hey. Look at Juwan. Let me tell you, Juwan was so fresh, man. Like he would tell us, we go to Chicago. He'd be like, man, don't wear your hat to either side, man. He'd be like, ah, oh, shut yeah, up. Man. Then a couple of events happened that we would never do that again. But he was always <laughs> Juwan always had a fresh face. You look at him from college, high school. He would cut Ooh. our hair. He was my barber. You know what man. I mean? I used to mess with new. I used to be like, yo, bro, you. You got what? Hey, all right, tell me what you're doing, bro. Like, ain't nobody. I'm talking about back to back, six game road trip. It don't matter what's going. You crispy, like you fresh out the shop. Like, what you he doing, big dog? Like, put, he cutting his own hair, man. He used to, you know, he from Chicago, so he would only wear your balls with the crease in the middle. You know what I mean? Javon <laughs> was fresh, man. Hey, man. That's listen. That's my for my whole career. When I say Jawan. And Finn, Mike Finn, those was my pictures yeah. of professionalism. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was in, when we, you know, we go to hoops and work out, like, bro, like clockwork, we get that by 9.30, like him and Finn sitting there icing up, reading their papers and getting ready. And then I call them, like, you know, I call, I used to call them bad boy, because you know them boy had it. They going to come in something, something mm-hmm. foreign that you ain't never yeah, seen, something yeah, real yeah. rare, like some MJ types. And I used to be like, dog. 
Jawan and Finn, them the two smooth as like, and I'm talking about just like as far as like everything you know about them, they handle all their business. Yeah, no the doubt. Flyest dudes, the coolest dudes, no got all the bread, but still super down to earth. Talk yeah. to the young boys, try and show us how to do it, and just like I was like, dog, them that's who I want to go and be like when I get, you know, what yeah. saying to be an OG in this guy. I used to always look at Finn and Mike. Remember, I used to what, tuck, tuck my tuck my joint in like Finn. We tuck your shirt in, tuck your shirt in, walk around walk around. I'm on my Finn joint right now, but like, yeah, them the two OGs right there. They was the pictures of professionalism for us every day at hoops. Yeah, man, because uh, Finn, we played them in Wisconsin, and, and he put it on us. That was the Jerry Curl Finn. You ain't Jerry Curl Finn. You ain't want to see. You ain't, so east. <laughs> you ain't want to see. Yeah. He, was, he was he was cold. Then it was Johnny Sylvie and all them other ones y'all had up there, man. man. That was like, Boy. whoa, you know. So Chicago, we always had love for our driving. You know, those times was good, man, because you know, really, there was no social media, it wasn't nothing. It was word of mouth. Like I remember being in the park. Being like Liberty Road, I never saw Marcus Liberty. I don't even know yeah. where I got Liberty Road from. Yeah. Like, you know what Legend. I mean? Somebody must have showed me, you know what I mean? Doing that all. Right. The Illinois team, I want to say this just because Chicago, you know, in, in college, you know, I feel like, you know, we're going to get to that and all that. We was the shit. We was all right. But if it wasn't for UNLV and if it wasn't for the 89 Illinois team, to me, that's really where we patting our game off of. Off of those two teams, team. the 89 yeah. team, everybody could yeah. switch. The shorts were a little bit longer. You know yeah. what I mean? Get out a little of the bit, but... <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, Gil thought he was Jordan walking around with the armband right here. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And, um, both of those teams, and it was all those Midwest players, though, that, that did that. I want to ask you that. Could anybody else stole you from Michigan? Was it, it was like just at the last minute, you were like, man, I could have, I, I wanted to go here. So who was the other team that could have got you? Yeah, so, man, I, I was going to Michigan State. Mm. And I went on a visit. And so I go on this visit and play Minnesota in football. I come up the stairs with the coaches. You know, you're on a visit. You do what the coaches say. Like, you ain't tripping. Right. You know what I'm saying? I really don't want to be here. This ain't Michigan football. Minnesota, terrible. You know what I mean? We got 100,000 fans. I don't even know why y'all brought me to a football game. But it was mm. a good, you know, good team, all that. But Sean was going there, so I was thinking about it. We go up these stairs and somebody says, come over here from from Michigan State. And I shake someone's hand and I get home and the NCAA calls and says, you put your foot in the suite and shook a hand and that's a violation. I didn't even know what that was. And they showed that someone from Michigan State had taken a picture through like a Coke bottle. It made it a big thing. And so Coach Izzo at the time and Coach, because I was really close with Coach Izzo, Coach Izzo at the time and Coach Heapcoat heard what happened. And, you know, they knew, like, it makes it look like you did it. It makes it, you know what I'm saying? It was, yeah. just, it was just weird, man. And so after that time, it was just really, you know, I always wanted to go to Michigan. Because I understand Michigan was yeah. terrible to you. Yeah. Right. I mean, my man Grant, it was at Duke. I went to Duke and visited him. I knew him just as long as I'd known Juwan. You know, it was pretty much between Michigan, Michigan State, Duke. But, you know, Michigan, 30 minutes from the crib. I got to eat mom's cooking. I'm the oldest of five. You know, yeah. you know so... That was yeah. So when you got to Michigan and Jimmy King is there and, and Ray Jackson, seeing y'all confidence, y'all rooted for each other so much. I feel like we came up under that era. So when we got together and got on the level, it's like that was just how you posed to play. We seen y'all play. Y'all was so exciting to be so young. And it seemed like y'all was playing street ball, which y'all wasn't, but y'all was. You know what I'm saying? It was like... 
these five kids from the street that listen to rap music, that, you know what I'm saying, had a whole swag of the street. And everybody didn't want you in this big, everybody didn't want y'all to succeed the way y'all succeed, but y'all did. Like, how was that? Like, adding them, and then when you officially get the five. Ray Jackson called me last night and told me something like this. Today was the anniversary of us all playing together, something like that. And, you know, it's when I missed doing like this series about the five. And I would just say this, my main thing is trying to show everybody who we are individually. So when we come together, you'd be like, damn, they brothers already. They don't even know it. They done went through the same thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like think of, mm -hmm. you know, people shouldn't even be here. You, you know what I mean? Right. You, you know, Straight up. you know what I'm yeah. saying? We blessed, man. We could do this on TV, act like this and all that. We should not be here. Everybody's from a neighborhood that they should be dead. Yeah, right. you know what I mean? Like right. everybody. And so to be able to make it out, to be able to, you know, have a father that didn't do this and didn't do that, but new discipline to have, you know, you know, Jay's mother, she working at the factory. She got to be tough. You know yeah. what I mean? I ain't got to tell Jay how to be tough. Mama, mama doing this, every, you better be tough. You know yeah. what I mean? You better be smart. Right. So it was, um, it was like we were built for it, man, because we knew we were representing us. We knew... At this time, they were talking greasy commentators about athletes. If you were black, you were only athletic. You know, at this time, you got to remember, this still was the thought in people's head that you couldn't be a yeah, black quarterback. Yeah. You really got to right. remember the yeah. time, man. You know, at this time, they weren't playing hip-hop in the middle yeah. of games. Oh, the, the way we you asked, dress. You know what I mean? <laughs> we asked Michigan to play hip-hop in the middle of games. We asked for that. Mm. You, you know, right. after games, we jumping on the... The side banners with hip hop, they they thought we lost our mind. You got to realize, forty thousand people in Michigan and maybe eight hundred black people at this time. You know, right? So we we wanted what the, what the kids call not a smoke. <laughs> we we wanted it because we just felt like we was on our way. We felt like nobody loved us when nobody giving us love except those at home. So fuck everybody else. All we got is us. When y'all make that splash, and like you say, you got all that coming at y'all, and then y'all coming together, like, how was that for y'all, the five kids, y'all five freshmen? Like, I know, like, you know what I'm saying, after the game, when y'all kill somebody or ball out, and y'all just smacked out, like, how that feel? Like, when you knew, Jay, y'all going back to the dorm or wherever y'all going to get something to eat, like, for y'all to be going up against what y'all was going, and I know y'all had no clue y'all was changing the culture and making the impact y'all no. was making, but just like in those moments as as five freshmen and y'all doing what y'all doing, how how crazy was that? It felt good, man. I mean, because, again, we didn't know. So we enjoying the moment. So to watch Desmond Howard, you know, win the Heisman that year, to go to football games, to go to <laughs> yeah. the party after, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was like... I you know, that was the same time. Yeah, yeah you know Dang. what I'm saying? It was just, and it's a football school. So to get love there like we did, you know, it was it was just good, man. Your mom's coming to the games, cooking for y'all after. And, you know, at this time, <laughs> you know, we taking video games on the road. You know, I, I remember, I think maybe to the final four or something, I had to carry everybody's bags. I lost in Tecmo, Matt, whatever it was. Tecmo ball. So it was, it was just, we was just kids, man. And, and you know, anytime you get a little high and mighty or something like that. I think back to those times because we had the potential, we had all this, and it was just about those little moments being in the room. You know, I remember we were watching the dunk contest. We won one game and then ran home to watch the dunk contest when Sean Kemp should have won. 
and I've been on oh, Shauna Kim. Yeah, I had yeah. to do like a hundred push-ups. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just, it was just love because it was just love. It was just love, man. It was just, it was just love. Straight up. I want to talk about like the Big Ten, the division y'all was in. I hate Calvert Chaney to the day. Because yeah, of, yeah. because <laughs> of Michigan and Cabin Chain used to kick our ass over there in Indiana. Then you had Big Dog and Purdue with Cole Martin. You know what I'm saying? Like Big Ten really prepared y'all for you know going against them big time schools. And then when you get to the tournaments, like man, y'all battle ready. How big was the Big Ten and the competition that was in the Big Ten for y'all? Big Ten was crazy. Only players I ever. Was like, uh oh, here they come. It was Mashburn, and you know he from the SEC, but it was that boy Glenn Robson. Man. We ain't seen nothing like him. He was the line in the sand for the three. He don't get enough respect. He's the line in the he sand in college. Respect. Before him and, and Mash, there was no big guys that they would allow to do this, like Magic and stuff, maybe. But nobody in the middle of the game, crossover hitting. He's shooting step back threes. He's doing things that. <laughs> Even if you could do, you were not given the green light at this time to do. And so, like, Juwan would check him. Like, Juwan was our best defender. We would switch on big men. So, if we played a guy like ACR, we would switch. Or we had at that time the post-double that many people weren't doing. But it was because the Big Ten had so many good players, like Jimmy Jackson and Calvin Chang. Jim Jack. Man, come on, man. They were so cold. And so, we always had to be ready. So, that competition really helped us with all that style. And as physical as it was... And it's almost like playing in the East Coast and then getting to go on the West Coast trip. You know your team going to get the run there. Coach can't even really stop it. So in the tournament, we was like, yeah. oh, yeah, now we get to shine. That's why we played better in the tournament, I think, because it was really more our style of play. But the Big Ten, it got us ready. Straight up. I met Jimmy Jackson, Ohio State. <laughs> he was a baller, too. <laughs> He's a grown man, man. He's a grown man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, do you yeah. remember this stuff? So you, yeah. your, the success yeah. y'all had to go all the way down and, and go to the championship in the next year, like we get it, we gonna get it again. To go to go to back to back chips, how was that? Like that that was the motivation every year. Like every year, it was just like, man, we can do it. Man, after, so the first year we go to the finals. You know, we almost beat Duke at the crib. We know we can beat them. All this. And then they, they showed us, you know, Christian Layton, in my opinion, is the best college player in my lifetime, not including, like, you know, Kareem Walton and them. Well, it wasn't nothing like Christian Layton or four championships or whatever he did. And he just had game. Like, again, they weren't allowing players to play like they are now. Players today are the most talented we've ever seen. But players that had talent yeah, back bro. then, you can't, you couldn't do it. So Christian Layton was the yeah, first with a pump fake, could do this, could do that and play with others and pass and they had a pro style offense and so they showed us in the championship Bobby Hurley had like 18 Bobby Hurley killed killed us you know so that first one um we were humble and it was just like all year like you know nobody believed in us to make it we're not happy that we just made it we're gonna get back here together you know what I'm saying and that was again that was our goal and it was it was more of a relief damn to make it to the championship than not because that was our goal that's the only reason Everybody was focused. And, and everybody class. see y'all now. Yeah. Everybody yeah. see y'all now. After that first year, they knew y'all was real. So everybody's That's why bringing their A game against you know? y'all for y'all to come back. Yeah, yeah. And we wanted it. And we was like, we're going to earn it. You know, that was the time of earning it. Like, this going to be a great story. You yeah. know, first we don't get the second one you do. And so, you know, we got through UCLA. That's the game I thought maybe they was going to get us. We were down like 18 or something in the first half. We come back and win that. 
And we had beaten North Carolina earlier in the tournament by one on the tip in, just the last second tip in. So we knew that was going to be a close game, but I knew, you know, I had an advantage over this. I knew Jay had an advantage over this, you know. Yeah. And so I really, you know, we we knew we were going to win that game, but we knew we were going to have to earn it. And so for me personally, being down, losing the game, calling the timeout when we were down, adding two more points on, it's, it's a wrap now. You know, that's why you say, you know, how was it to go through it in the beginning? It was that love that got me through that then. You know what I mean? Because it was right. like we family. You, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. to get to that point and, and to not win it was was like, damn, we're going we gonna to come back next year. Let's do it. Let's do it. And a couple guys like, man, you better go on and um, holler at us. One. You can't, you know, we'll, can't see, we'll see you in a minute. You can't, stay, but, uh, you can't hey, stay if hey, you wanted to. Hey, listen, <laughs> I'm lying if I don't say that I was sitting there salty as hell at the crib. I was like, I cried. Already, I, I, cried. I, can't, I can't say that I cried, but I could definitely remember being salty because I was all in. You know, that was like, Y'all was y'all was the youth, so it was like that was the team uh, for everybody. Like, yeah. bro, I can remember to this day, like the first time I ever got one of those all gold Michigan letters, bro. The recruitment letters, it wasn't even handwritten or nothing. It was just the fact, what? like you know how you getting them letters and letters. That that yellow that thing big, came that to my yellow like, yellow like, yellow like, yellow 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 that boy, I said, woo, I came out, I said, boy, I got that looking dash from my homeboy, like, yeah, boy, like, hey, look, you know, that's early, like, just sophomore, junior year, but I just, like, I every remember time. that being everything because yeah. of what y'all did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that was one of my emotional moments in my life. I don't, I don't cry too much, especially in sports, I don't cry too much, but one of my emotional moments when it lost, my mama had to console me <laughs> after that because I just couldn't believe it. Like, no, nah, this ain't happening. My mom had to we console me to win too. It. And, I, and I remember, though, <laughs> I remember I had a moment like that a couple years earlier when Isaiah turned it over and passed it away against the Celtics. Oh, and they right. won the game yeah. six. And I was just, yeah. I was crying so much that my little brother got a whooping that night. I never forget. It was just, everybody <laughs> just going crazy. It was like, hold on now. Calm down now. Everything going to be all right. They got to break up furniture yeah. and stuff. But yeah, man, it was, it was tough. But then, man, it's so crazy. The people get you through it, man. And so, you know, going from something to having like, you know, your worst moment. And, you know, because sports don't allow you to, to sit and, you know, to cry too long. You know what I mean? Like, after, because I'm like you, I'm down, I'm hurt. What, what I'm going to do? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm going to come back. I'm going to do this and do that. And then talk to the fellas and understand, you know, I have a chance to go number one pick because, again, the time was different. So, no sophomore. Like, the year before, Shaq left, right? Shaq yeah. left as a junior. Yeah. Two years ago, yeah. Derek Coleman left. Derek Coleman left, I think, as a senior. So, it wasn't that culture. So yeah. for me, yeah, you know, they go early, players were still broke, players were still all this, but it was like, oh, you can't leave. And so for me to leave as a sophomore, it hadn't been done since Magic in 79. And I was like, what is this? Because, you know, while you talk about going in there and, and, and playing against somebody like myself, I had to check Shaq in the right. And I'm, I'm six, eight and a half. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was like, man, what is, what is this going to be like? But, that's, you know, God is good, man. I went home. I licked my wounds. I definitely cried. I definitely questioned God. I definitely went to the depths. And then, you know, talk with Pops, and you realize where he's from, what he went through, and what he had to do to get here. And then you talk to your mother, and she uh, brings in uh, right after it. Like three days later, she comes in with a license plate to say a timeout. 
and she, I'm like, what's this? She's like, oh, what the, what the devil meant for, for bad, baby? God's going to do for good. We all started charity in the hood and people. I'm going around telling my no, story. No, no, straight up. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, I'm, in the, I'm about to go to the NBA's number one pick, and I call the timeout. You going through this in real life. This your timeout. What you going to do right now? We both got this right. shit. We could both quit. Straight we up. We can both quit and get up. You know what I mean? So I definitely yeah. took that as, you know, I'm strong enough to handle it, and God want that to be part of my story. I, I wouldn't, that's a whole nother thing, but I wouldn't even change that because there's parts right. of me that I know that are fulfilled and are strengthened because I've gone through some crazy things, and I'm here, and I, and I understand yeah. the, the power and the grace of God, you know? And so for mm -hmm. others that are going through things, come on, this is what happened. This is what we're going to do. We're going to have to fight. We're going to have yeah. to get up. But so at that point, it was cool that, that I had people around that really wouldn't let you fall. And then after that, it's like, okay, two months, the draft. Right? Ain't no time for crying. You better get ready because they ain't even right. thinking about that over there. So, you know, it, it, was, yeah, uh, it, nah. was, uh, it was definitely a learning period, you know. Hey, let me ask you this. Cause I remember watching the, watching the 30 for 30 on y'all, right? Like, at what point did you guys start realizing, like, that y'all was, like, y'all was – impacting and changing the culture. Like I saw y'all wore the black shirts when you saw that, you know, Nike was selling y'all stuff and, you know, selling y'all stuff in the store. Like at what point did y'all realize that y'all was really doing things that was being emulated and y'all was making that type of impact? So uh, it was one day, this changed everything for me. It's one day I'm on campus and this writer talks about it. I think he did a big article back then in college. So we're in school, it's a different day. I'm with my boy that plays football. And we just hungry. And I guess the reporter is with us. He's following us. And we just hanging out, you know, probably looking girls or whatever. I don't know what we're doing. And, and we go into a subway shop. I want the chicken subway. I want some hot Cheetos. I got my little thing. I want drinking everything. We don't have enough money to get it, blah, blah, blah. We come out. We put our money together. Tear the sandwich, eating it. And I remember he laughing at us. And we just like, whatever. You know, it's a good day. Like, that's nothing to us. Right. Like, that's that, regular day. Right. Right. That's just normal. Right. But it, to him, it's something. So when I'm walking down the street and I look in the school store, and it's the first time I ever saw my Michigan jersey. And this might be eight games into the season or something like that. Because I'm like, I want one. I want it. You know, everybody asked me for one at home. Right. And I'm like, where do you I get one? <laughs> and I see people buying them in the store. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, my I'm name is JC Penny. You know what I mean? Like my name's on the back of that. You wow. know? And then that was the moment for me that I realized, oh wow, you know. And then that summer when we came home and your family and friends talked to you. But remember, there's no cell phone, so you ain't talking right. to your boys. Like we don't even, you know, know how big we are till to that moment when our jerseys on campus, and then you go home in the summer and you do like local basketball camps. Like I say, I want you to do is basketball camp, this and that. You know, you're like, whoa, what's going on? So right. people giving you advice, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, you start feeling the love. No, that's dope. That's I, dope. I, I remember seeing them jersey and JC Penny. My mom bought me the Michigan jersey, but they had the the Calvin Cheney jersey. They had the Rashawn Respert. Jersey, like, like, yeah. on, and they only sold them in, like, Respirate was on the yeah. team. Respirate was on the team. What? He's going back to the AU team, but that's what? crazy, bro. Not sign. He's got him with respect. He's got him sign respected. <laughs> He's not even the best shooter in his family. His pops, damn. Here. That's, That's how cold crazy. that family is, man. His family cold, man. His family cold. <laughs> hey, so let me ask you this: like, who whose idea was it for y'all to for y'all to go that big with the baggy shorts, to wear the black socks, to bald y'all heads? Like, who was at the center of the swag? 
Man, it was all of us. So the Black Sox, that was Ray Jackson. It was Ray Jackson and them Texas boys, man. Them Texas boys, crazy, man. And they got hard. You know, that was Ray Jackson. That was Ray Jackson. We wanted in on that. And Ray Jackson, alone, he had his way to Black Sox. Um, and it's crazy because we had a real good lesson from that as the 5-5 five because five, we only wore the Black Sox, all five of us. And then Coach Fish pulled me into the office and he was like, you know, I get it, but, you know, Everybody should have had black socks, right? We the team. Right, right. Yeah. So the next game we all had, you know what I mean? So, you know, that was a little thing. And the ball heads, that was me. I love switching stuff up. I thought it was big that he came one day or, you know, ball heads. <laughs> so, you know, he switched up. And the shorts, this was funny. So this is part of the short story. The veterans that wasn't playing on the bench, right? Or veterans or seniors or whatever. Because the short situation was terrible. We went to them and we just bribed them. Like, hey, dog, can I? I remember it was 44 long. I remember that's what everybody wanted. Because we all had like 30 <laughs> long. Balls. Everybody wanted the 44 long, man. And, and uh, so a couple games, we was just playing. It looked real bad. And if you look, we sagging most of the time, pulling them down with the tights really showing because they still not long enough. And then I remember Coach Fisher making us earn them. And that's what people don't understand. We was giving nothing. If we wanted something like that, you know, if we wanted long shorts or something, you have to earn it in practice. Usually, back then again, it was different. Just running for no reason, but right. just running. You know what I mean? Back then, I remember when we all picked the Harachis. I remember when we all, like, you brought them in with a bunch of other shoes. It was four, five, six shoes, and I remember, like, I want them. And then Barkley was my favorite <laughs> player. So it wasn't no mm-hmm. way we wasn't going to wear them, um, them chucks with the strap over the black toe. That's still some of my... Some of my favorites. Straight up. Yeah. Straight it, was, up. it was everybody, man. One of the things that we almost got in this lifetime, we almost got Shaq and Chris Webber to play together. Do you ever think about that? Like, man, like, y'all would have dominated, like, dominated, dominated. Like, do you ever think about that? What could have been if you would have went to Orlando and, and, and played with uh, man, Shaq? I do because... All I wanted to do was play my position. I told him back then, yeah. I said, I'm going to average a triple-double. I said, they're going to give it to me at the free throw line. I'm going to drive and throw that bitch up each time. Like, what can they, <laughs> what can they do? I mean, what can they do? I wanted, I, he already did that with Grant. But I will say this. Um, so what happened is I called the timeout, right? So I told you I went to this place. And then I just went in the grind mode. Like, I went in the grind mode. It, it, was, it was refreshing. It was free and all that. I wasn't thinking about nothing. I, I didn't do any commercials. I turned down all money, appearances, because I was like, you know, you're in the mode punishing yourself, earning it, whatever you want to say. And so yeah. it was a movie called Blue Chips. And I was going to mm-hmm. do the, the role. And I didn't. And so, first of all, we beat Penny Hardaway at AAU my last year. And, and I knew how good Penny Hardaway is. He's one of the coldest ever. Mm-hmm. So I know how good he is. Shit. I, I, I would probably draft him for Shaq coming off Magic and Kareem. Mm-hmm. But for Straight me, up. I didn't go. Uh, they want. I was gonna do this movie Blue Chips, and I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to act. I'm, I'm gonna go work out. So I chose to work out. But at Blue Chips, every day they built them an arena, and every day or, or a gym, every day they work every out. Day. And so Shaq told me. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Shaq was like, man, Penny was in there. <laughs> Penny was in there going off, man. He was like, I played with Penny for two weeks while we did the movie, you know, and so. You know, he was like, yeah, I wanted to play with, with Penny. I was like, I, I got it. I, the second the trade happened, I got it, and I didn't even care. I was happy to go to the West Coast and be with Molly, Tim Hardaway. So it was all love. But as far as, yeah, I wanted to play with the big man. I did. I did want to play with the big man. 
That would have been crazy, man. Yeah. That would have been crazy. I, I think about that all the time. Oh, man. I would have... Yeah, I'd have been instigating shit because I just—I bet you can't break a backboard today. <laughs> bet you can't dunk on him. <laughs> and you uh, know he gonna go for it. You know he's he gonna ride today. He don't want to dunk on nobody. You know. Oh, oh man. Oh, oh yeah. I wanted players like that to play with. Just to, yeah. That, that hey, so, fun. so tell me this, right? After you, like you say, everything you have been through up to that point, then you, you know, so I'll be able to trade and everything. How was that moment when you got to get up on that stage as the number one pick and shake David Stern's hand? Doug, I, I still think that's the best basketball moment of my life. You got to realize, I uh, grew up in Detroit, go to the school in the suburbs, want to rep Detroit. There's no love for Detroit, no love for Detroit. Go to Michigan. We want to win for that. Uh, we shocked the world. I call a timeout. Now you're down in the lows. And then you come out here and the draft is in Detroit. You know what I'm saying? The draft is 30 minutes from the house. It's right. a party planned in an hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? It's it, it's the most unbelievable feeling I had. Like it, It's the loudest still I think I've been in, in an arena because it was all, you know, Michigan people right. there. It was all love. It was like me saying thank you for making me. It was like I'm saying thank you for entertaining us and repping us. It was that moment was so loud. I threw the peace sign. I swear my hand was shaking. I was just trying to just keep it together. You know what I mean? My father. That's the second time I seen my pops cry. I'm right. like, man. I'm like, dad, you really gonna do this now? All the shit you've been talking. Come on, man. Like, don't play with me. You, you know what I mean? So yeah, it was. You know, Jay was there. I had my brothers. Everybody was there, man. I was uh. That's the next thing to fuel me because I had to keep that going, you know, to honor them. Man, that was that was the best moment, man. That definitely was the best moment. I say the same thing. I literally just got asked that question the other day, and I say, you know, like as far as like before. I mean, even with the wins or whatever, you know, I won a three point contest, never won a championship, or nothing. But I say that to this day. That's my because that's what that's what allowed everything to happen. Yeah. That was the that moment was like I always said, if I make it they ain't getting rid of me for a long time. So, like, yeah. that was, like, that was it right there. Like, once I got in, it was like, all right, y'all got to deal with me for a while. Your family's life changed then. Your kids, kids, kids' lives changed that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you keep it by what you know what I mean? Like, yeah, man, you can't take that moment for granted, man. I used to sleep in Jordan's, like, sleep in my shoes, dreaming about that. You know what I mean? Like, posters on the wall. No, that's why when I, when I do games, I just... It's the dream, man. You can't you can't just pass the moment you get to the dream. So that, that to me is the best moment, man. Straight up. You get to Golden State, Tim Hardaway, Chris Mullen, you know, a half a run TMC is there. Spree. And you have a coach like Nelly that's a get him and go coach. I loved you over there. Like, like I loved you at Ghost. I thought that was like, he been right, you could go with Shaq. That's what he been waiting for. <laughs> if, if you could, you could go with Shaq. Like, I was like, man, that's like that new era. Like, it was like the trends. Like, you just left Michigan, set the trend. Now you with, with Nelly, and he trying to bring an offense that today's, this is what all the teams is doing. But back then, you know, it was a, a point guard and the big men's get under the goal. But he kind of was putting stuff in you that you didn't do. How was that? Cause I know it was like an up and down with Nelly, but like, yeah, it was that? up and down with Nelly as a person, but as a coach, you know, he knows the X and O's. When I got there, man, I got to the league. Like that was the league. Everything in basketball clicked to me because I get how you got to do a lot of things that don't make sense, but it, it got to me like, okay, you practice, but 
No, we scrimmage in 45 minutes, everybody out of there. Like, what? But I'm talking about okay. you going hard. You going mm-hmm. hard. It's, I mean, you going hard. Uh, we doing shooting drills, and there's no playing around the shooting drills because, you know, I'm shooting. And, you know, then I'm watching Mully. He's sweating off the first shooting drill. And I see him make 17 in a row. The first drill I ever saw, I saw really Mully make 17 in a row between free throw line and baseline, you know, tippy toe shooting. I'm like, oh, my God. Spree, he dinned up hard in every little thing, you know. And then the shot clock, I didn't get the shot clock. I, I just didn't get it. You know, you get a rebound, you take it out. So getting up there, man, it was the best experience because you learn your X's and O's. He put me with veterans. It was just messed up that my first day of practice, I walk in. And the minute I walk in after a press conference, Tim Hardaway, I hear a scream on the side, and he tore his knee up. So I never got to play one play with him. Billy Owen was like the big brother to me. Uh, Spree, oh, oh, man, those two. Billy Owens in today's game. Hey, Billy O was so smooth, man. I love Billy O. (laughs) Today's game, he, I mean, so coming to the league, man, and playing for that team, it it was the best. We didn't want to break it up. I talked to Spree and Billy O about that. More than anything I talk about in basketball, we talk about Nelly messed up. She shouldn't have kept us together. More more than anything I talk about in basketball, because that was the best. I have to know, how did you have a, what type of gangster contract did you have where you was able to exercise some shit after one year and say, peace, I don't like, wait, time out. Like, what type of, that was a godfather contract you had. How did, what, what, how did that work? <laughs> Played out the game. I've never heard, I didn't even know that, I, like, obviously back then I wasn't paying attention to all that, but how did that work? So, uh, they put it like this, they changed the rule after. And I started calling <laughs> me. Started calling know that, though. Like just the Weber rule. <laughs> not many people know that, though. Not many people know about it. Shout out. I the Fallon Shaw Irwin and Bill Strickland, so I get these two brothers to be my agent. And we're just talking. Really, I just want money. Get me to the league and leave me alone. I don't really care about this. You know, your first couple of years, you're not thinking about anything but playing. And he brought me in. He's like, look, I think I'd like to do something. We talk to you. We have these deals for you, these deals for you. And I don't know what the average player was making. And it wasn't, it, it, you know, nowhere to what it is now. And he said, check it out. He said, you don't even get paid for how good you are. You get paid for what you drafted. And whose contract you come up under next. And he was like, you know, there's been some really bad deals in the league. There's been some good ones. You may have to take risk. You may not. He said, on this one, you might take a little risk. I said, what? He said, I'm going to sign a deal, 15 years, it's $75 million. It was the largest contract ever at the time. And it was $75 million guaranteed and no contract had ever been that. You got to remember, Big Shaq was before me. So he said, we're going to do it where we make it out after the first year. You'd be a free agent after your first year. <laughs> I said, um, okay, you know, I prayed and asked the Lord to keep me healthy all year. And, you know, after that, then you can do whatever you want. And so that next year, the reason why I didn't go to back to Golden State wasn't because of me and Nelly. Part of it, it was because he didn't fight for me to come back for the contract, but it was just contract negotiations. That's all it was. I was a free agent. I was a free agent and rookie of the year. You know, imagine in football, let's take that. Jackson, Lamar, and them all on that same four-year deal. What if they could sign the same deal as Patrick Mahomes after the first year. You know, that really changed basketball. And uh, they made sure they addressed that on the uh, on the next collective bargaining agreement. And she couldn't do it. You, you know what I'm saying? So that was good and bad. Great for business. But, you know, I would have loved to stay in um, Golden State because I'm the number one player, the number one free agent. And, you know, they make calls and they know I'm being paid a lot. And where do my dumb ass choose to go? Go play with that boy from Chicago because I'm like, we can shock the world again. With Juwan. We can shock the world again. <laughs> <Juwan>. <laughs> Look. 
Yeah. How was that? Y'all had a y'all had, you and Jawan. Y'all get a, a young Rasheed Wallace. You know what I'm saying? Over there, I remember playing a video game with y'all on it, and I used to put all three of y'all in the game at the same time. How was that to be on that young Washington team to make the playoffs after they didn't make it in a couple of years to uh, have the award? You know, to get a chance to go against Mike and just like them years in Washington. How was that? I mean, I love DC, man. That's still home to me. I love DC. Yeah, I love DC. Shout out to DC, Maryland area. You know, so I picked up my wife from Baltimore up out there. So that definitely was a big time <laughs> for me. You know, that's probably the only reason why I went out there to go get her and to keep it moving. But so it, it was cool, man. We were a young team, and back then, young teams you could like win a little more battles. It was Jordan's league, man. So wasn't nobody else gonna win but Jordan. So. You might as well try to get the most out of it, you know, you can. And that city was so behind us, man. We played up there, uh, we played, um, uh, I forgot, Landover Arena. But that year, the Bulls won 72 games, right? Well, if you look back at that year, their toughest competition in the playoffs were us. They beat us by seven points in three games. Seven. In a total. Now, you know, us bragging about getting your ass beat, but still it was Jordan and the boys. <laughs> and, you know, Pippen had to make a last-second right. shot to even get us. And so we were young, 22 and 23 at this time, and we really believed. And so I felt what Golden State didn't know we have, didn't believe, and put it together because we would hang out. Before you had 24-hour gyms, we were all going back to the gym. You know, like, we were friends. And so and we thought that that was going to get better. That Wow, y'all giving us a time. We were the first two players, I think, to – I don't even know, to do a couple things, you know, in the statistics. And we like, you get us some people here, we can really do things. But instead of bringing people in for us, you know, they moved it. And I was really shocked, man. When I got traded from there, it was was during the playoffs. I didn't even know you could get traded, you know, in the playoffs. And I didn't know that. Man, the store told me, and I thought he was playing around. And so... It's funny how things happen, because I guess that was just a holding ground. You was at a store and got told you got traded? So what happened was, man, yeah, so it was, I was at the store like on a Friday or Saturday and I was going to grab some stuff because we were going to watch some playoff games because we were in the playoffs. And the man at the store was like, uh, yo, Chris, you been trained? I was like, man, get out of here. My boy Kev, <laughs> my boy Kev, you know, he drove me home. He was mad. I'm just in the house chilling. And he in the car for like an hour. <laughs> I'm looking at him. He got tears in his eyes because I didn't even want to call my agent. No, he got tears in his eyes. He's like, dog, you was traded. <laughs> he's like, the worst part. He's like, you want to hear where? I'm like, yeah, he's like, Sacramento. And he was so hurt, I started making him feel better, like he was traded. But yeah, so. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thought you was going to Purgatory in hey, Sacramento, huh? Hey, I, that's hey, crazy, yeah, that's, man. You trying yeah. to go pick up some Doritos and some chips to watch the games, my hey, man, and deliver the death blow. Like, you know, you up out of you. Like, what you doing? On the low, they whispered that. They're like, they ain't even let my agent know nothing. They're like, he'll find out. Don't worry about it. So, that's why. Yeah. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. But I love DC, though, man. How, how was it for you? Because you made your first All Star game in DC, right? How yeah. did that feel when you get in there in that room with everybody that you've been looking up to? It is the best feeling, man. I remember where it was. It was Cleveland. The year before I was hurt, because I felt like I gave these crazy stats, and a couple guys went before me. And you know, I, I just didn't know how things worked at that time. So I was, you know, really working for it. And then I get there in Cleveland. It was a great feeling, man. I get there playing with Jordan. Glenn Rice break, right. uh, Will Chamberlain scoring record. Yeah, And I it's the 50 it. greatest. 
and I go around and shape yeah, all of them. Right. Right. I look there you when they had the jackets and everything. Yeah, yeah. I walk That's around. Oh. I you was there for that. My father was like, "Go look them all in the eye, son." And I just, I remember just trying to steal whatever energy, whatever truth they had. But I like, can give take. Me that. Give me that. Give me that. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Man, that's it. To be man, there just, for that moment, like that's an iconic that's crazy. moment. Yeah, yeah. To say thank you, like I, I remember touching uh, Chamberlain and uh, Russell at the same time. Russell, you know, because in my mind, I'm like, yeah. you know, I'm like, take pictures right. with your eyes because it was no phone, camera phones. It was just, it was right, the best right. Moment, man. So that was, that was an honor, man. That was an honor. Yeah, yeah. that's dope. So Sacramento, like, what did you think when you heard you was going to Sacramento? It felt like you threw, they threw you at the bottom of the bar? Or yeah, I wasn't going. It felt like you just had to start over. I knew it was a conspiracy. <laughs> to me, the trade didn't make no sense. I was 25, you trade me for someone that's older, even though he cold, you know what I mean? The Miss Hall of Fame, he the man. At this time, you know, I just felt this way. I felt like we had something, like we were young, you know what I mean? That we were, everybody knew it, you know? And I'm like, what's going on? I didn't realize that Sacramento had fought for me and all that. So I didn't, I didn't want to go, man. Like, at the time, you got to remember, like, when I was in Golden State, coach said, uh, y'all can drive to the game, man. Meet me back here because I'm leaving. Like, he, he, he ain't even – it was in the place you wanted to be. It wasn't yeah. a place that you seen them put any money into. Spud Webb was the only player I knew they ever had. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, yeah. You, you know, besides Mitch and so, my boy Billy Owens got traded there. And he was the one telling yeah, me, like, man, you don't like the people. He was like, well, him and my mother. And I hate, you know how a good friend gave you advice. You hate it. I, I was mad at Billy, like, dog, you're supposed to be mad at me. But so I wasn't going. I just wasn't going. I didn't know, you know, how I was going to do it. And my father, of course, he like, man, you, you got to go. You got your word. I'm like, dad, it's different. I don't want to go. And my mother was like, oh, yeah, this a, you, you don't want to go there. They a bad team. Who are they? Where are they? She was like, oh, yeah, this God meant this for you. This is the place you're going to be. You're going to love it. And I just hate it when she do stuff like that because it's your mom, you know, she's right. And I still didn't want to accept it. And my brother, so I get there, I don't go, I'm late, all that. I still don't want to be there. I get there and I tell our equipment manager, Rob, and other people like, y'all, excuse me, I just don't want to be here. It has nothing to do with y'all. I don't want y'all to relationship to make me want to be here. I'm gone. Because at the time, it was a trade. And I'd been on the phone, Jerry West had a trade with Sacramento, and it was me for Eldon Campbell, Eddie Jones, and somebody else. You know what I mean? Because at this time... You almost went over there with Shaq again? This is, this is before the dynasty, so I wanted to be a Laker. Like, I wanted oh, right this magic, you know what I mean? So I wanted yeah, to be a Laker. I get on the phone and I beg the gym, Jeff Peach, I'm like, look, you don't want somebody that's not there, man. This is after everybody called. This is months. I'm like, you don't want somebody that's not there. You want somebody's commitment. I don't want to be there. Y'all sorry. I don't care who y'all bring in. Y'all ain't never care. But I'm talking to him greasy, hoping he's like, oh, yeah, we can't. Right. And he's like, Chris, you know, we understand all that, but we work real hard to get you and thank you. We think you're going to change things around. Anything I said, he would just stick to the script. And so <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to L.A. And uh, I get to the first practice, and we signed Vlade. And I'm like, Vlade's cool. But at that time, I had been going against him. So I was like, okay. And my brother called me right before practice. He's like, man, it's this boy Jay Will. You're going to love him. I'm like, Jeff, shut up, man. I'm like, I don't care. Ain't no rookie going to make me love being here, dog. I'm trying to win a championship. I only got a few, you know. I get into practice, this loud mouth little kid coming in like, what up, shouting? He's just loud. I'm like, who is this? Just, you know. I'm like, oh. I'm liking the spirit, but I don't want to like the spirit. You know what I mean? And then we get in the three on two, and he get in the middle. 
and he do some some shit like that and whip it, and somebody <laughs> missed it. I'm like, okay. And then the next play, he came down do something, and then we get in it, and he throws something up, and he like, oh, you know, I got you. I was like, damn, I love it here. You know, it was that quick. It was yeah. one practice. It was one it was practice in Sacramento, meeting the people, and that one practice, I was like, damn. This is going to be nice because we played the way nobody else was playing at the time. And you could see it out that first practice, what they wanted to do. And and it felt like home, man. So from that first practice, did you could you tell right away that that was how special White Chocolate was about to be? That was a glimpse into the future for you? I could tell when he was dribbling on the side, talking shit loud to everybody. I could just tell. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can see the swag right there. Yeah, that's, like, that's like the park. That's the eye, that's the eye test, huh? Duh. Deion Sanders is one of my favorite athletes ever, right? I can just imagine right. on the football field, like before, you know, you know, all the great ones, you think they're not serious, you know what I mean? And then go on the field, and yeah. that's how Jay Will was. He just talking and, you know, I heard music coming out the locker room. I know I turned the music off. I know none of these cats like music, so it must be this guy. You know, it's just, it just fit in great, man. I mean, he's a great kid, but he was just fun to play with, man. He just loved hooping, man. He was with it. He was like, let's go. He believed in everybody. And if you open, he was going to get you the ball, and he was cold. I mean, you, you think about it, man. Gary Payton is the best guard defender ever. He made Gary Payton try to trip him. On that play, Gary don't reach I'll for never Gary that. tries to trip him. <laughs> <laughs> Gary sticks he out. He that leg out there. <laughs> he comes out with the hands. He did the crowd. He the only he person that Gary tried to flagrant foul and get into the back, man. <laughs> You know, so, you know, it, it was fun playing White Chalk. And he used to always, after a big play, that's what it was. The, after the first practice, I would always do the Ric Flair with him because he make you do the Ric Flair. Woo! Every time. Every time. And he, <laughs> and he got a draw. And, right. was, you know what I'm saying? So it, it was fun playing with him. He, he was shit talking to him. It was a lot of fun, man. And so that year you went from getting traded there to not wanting to be there to, you know, you meet White Chocolate and then you you hit it off. But, like, not only that, like, that was a year where you led the league in rebounding, dethroning Rodman, Rodzilla, yeah. after he had done it for seven years in a row. Like, how 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 did that feel? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, that's a feat in itself, you know what I'm saying, just to lead the league in rebounding, but to dethrone that man after he had done it for that many years in a row. Yeah, I was a big fan of Rodman, you know, uh, in high school. Yeah, yeah. I met him and, and, you know, he looked out for me. And we got into it and when I was in Washington, you know. Like, I tried to fight him several times because, you know, <laughs> Rodman, he was that type of guy. <laughs> and so, and so uh, you got to remember, too, this is a lockout year. And so I'm coming in and I'm just like, you know, I just had energy and I'm like, I, I got to get to next year. And we had Pager, we had Jay Will, and I and I love being here and being on that team. We were letting it fly like never before. Jay Will was shooting from Curryland before you could do this. You, you know what I mean? And so at the time, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna figure this out because that was a change in my game. You know, before then I couldn't really shoot free throws. Before then I could shoot threes, but in Washington they wouldn't let me, and they was making your game do this big fellas. And so then Coach Carrillo really told me how they want me to play on this team for us to win. And I loved it. You know, he was like, we want you to be the hub. He was like, we're going to have three options on every play. You're going to see those first, and then you get them away, and it's always going to come back to you on the side. This is what we want you to do on the post. It was like Coach Carrillo, it was crazy because, you know, the guy Sham got moved. Coach Carrillo mm -hmm. was showing guys that in practice from guy Sham got. And I'm like, you you know, you're 80 years old, and you went to Princeton. How do you, you know, he just – 
he just knew the game. And so to be with a guy like Peja and to see how he could shoot, to be with a smart passer like Vlade, and for us to have fun, like everybody on the court was going to touch it. If you were on the court and I hit you with the rock, you better shoot the ball, you better make it. That, that was our environment. It was like, you know, us against the world type stuff. So I really love the environment in Sacramento because it was fine skilled players. It was pushing. I think we had the fastest pace every year I was there. It, it was nothing like it, man. It was going to get out and run and try to let it fly. What was your initial reaction when they traded Jay Will for Mike Bibby? My initial reaction was Jay Will going to make everybody pay. Like, Jay Will was wild at times because he was. You could stop it, you know what I mean? And he went to Miami and he stopped, and, you know, they said stop it, and, this, yeah. and, he, and he did it. So, yeah, I was, I was up, I was, I was definitely hurt, especially after I signed back, thinking he was gonna be back. Yeah, but I played against Mike Bibby the year before in Vancouver. He comes down the hole, and I said, I said, "Bitch, you shoot that again." This year, I'm gonna knock you off. He came down. I fouled. I fouled. I'm talking about I fouled. And his brothers and them on the side, I ain't noticed at the time. They all yeah, will. Right. Team Dan. Yeah, Team Dan. Team Dan. And Mike get up. And Mike get up. And he comes back down the lane the next time. Um, and, I, and, and I know I just made a mental note. Like, I'm going to love him forever. He don't even know it, you know? Yeah. And so when I played with him, yeah. I knew it was on. Like, we was, uh, he my yeah. brother. His mom is my mom. You know, she cooks. So she, we, yeah. we family. You know family what I'm saying? Is, forever. Yeah, they family is forever. just like that. But they family forever, right. And so after getting with them, it was, it was all love. It was all, it was great. Yeah, no, I just wanted to elaborate it because I want to speak on Mike Bibby because a lot of people don't speak of Mike Bibby and Mike Bibby used to fuck your favorite point guards up. Especially on what? that corner when they used to have you on the free throw line and then page you in the corner, then they throw it to you, then they run off each other, one go baseline, one come off the screen. I used to hate that shit. I used to just be like, Paige, you going baseline. You ain't coming up. I'm taking one, one <laughs> corner away. Like, I'm forcing you there. And you would drop that bounce pass and sometimes it got through there, sometimes I got that mid out. <laughs> like, I remember them plays because we yes. always had to run and chase the ass. But I just remember Mike Bibby like, Nah, he wasn't the, the, the one point guard that everybody was raving for. He wasn't the point guard that was making all the All-Star team. But he was so much a threat. Nah, he was going to give you like, that work. <laughs> like, he was so much a threat on the court. But just speak about Mike Bibby and what he was doing in that jumper that he was cashing on the air. Him and Rod Strickland, two of the coldest point guards that will never get any credit that I played with. Mike Bibby, his workouts, bro, he the only dude that had workouts that I'd be like, all right. It's, it's crazy. Like, let's stop. Like, I'm talking about jumping, jump shooting drills, man. Right. I mean, like, I'm talking about just, just, I'm like, now come on. It's, we we passed the point even. Your body don't even know what we're doing now. We've been shooting so much. But Mike, his dribble game, two dribble, pull up, he'll get you. Set shot, he'll get you. He's slow, but then he'll yeah, speed up tough. and get you. Like, and for me, a pick and roll player, he was the best. Him and Jay because they could hit you with the behind the back. Or the big guy had to go. It was like, you know, mm -hmm. it was like pick your poison, man. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, he was cold, respect. man. Mike Bibby was, man. Mike Bibby was cold, man. You know, and he, he would live in today's, uh, he would live in today's uh, game, too. Yeah. And I want you to speak on Peja. 
Paige turned out to be one of the hardest motherfuckers for twos and threes to guard in the league. Like, and them two guys, it's, them two guys especially, like, you know, because, like, you the leader of the team and you the man, but them two guys made y'all a real championship I contender. had to guard them. You know what I'm saying? Y'all yeah. all collectively together, how they up elevated yeah. their games to the level. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. Paige, people don't speak up on him, man. He used to... KP fuck these people up, like you know what I'm saying, and and get up on them. <laughs> Dumb, Pager. We used to call him Roller, cause the first of all, let me stop with this. I told Pager when I played with him that I would always give him credit for this because he brought this tight jeans shit into the league. Pager, <laughs> so him and Turk tight. Oh, oh. I'm talking about double-breasted. He looked like the president of France or something tight, you know what I mean, sipping his cappuccino before the game. So I used to just call him Roller because he's just stylish wherever he go, you know what I mean, like James Bond or something. I did not know. First of all, he worked his ass off. Him and Hito Turkoglu, they had to. Coach was on him so hard. Him and Bibby shooting regimen, man. Like, him and Bibby shooting regimen is just incredible. And I mean every day. That's when I really... I was only with Mullen one year, so I saw what a great shooter did. But I didn't see what they did year after year after year. And Peja, you really got to think about this. If he couldn't finish like Curry, to me, Curry's one of the best finishers, and that's why he's so hard for guards to guard, because he ain't yeah. going to just settle on three, right? So like you said, you force him patient baseline because you don't want him to come this way. And then if he come this way mm-hmm. off my shoulder, I'm still going to wait till he come all the way and you follow him and still try to hit him with you trailing. But only he because... Go straight he down the middle. <laughs> Yeah, right. But only because he could shoot so well. You're right, man. They made us championship contenders, but they made me better. Like, they make you better. You know how it is. You get more spacing on the floor, you're a better player. You got another threat over here. Yeah. So, no, they. I credit them with – they all made me better. But Peja, his post-up game, step-back game, jab game, you know. Yeah, I've seen all of that. Yeah, I've seen all of that extensively. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you hitting that free throw line like jump on that. You see, like, you see, you see, it used to be funny. You got Vlade, Turk, and Paige come walking in with their little suits and glasses on looking like the, the, the European mafia or something. Like, man, look at these dudes, man. Tight suits and stuff. Hey, tell me about the battles y'all used to have with L.A. Like, them playoff series where, you know, we was out there. I used to be sitting there like, man, this, you know, we just, we were dreaming about the playoffs in Clipperland, but we used to, you know, watch everything. And then y'all used to have some of the wars of the, the playoffs. Talk to me about that. Yeah, L.A., man, they're real, man. I mean, if I'm mad at Rasheed and them because if Rasheed and them don't let L.A. come back on them when they're up 17 and 4 from Portland, when they throw the alley-oop, when Kobe throw the oop to Shaq and he do all that, that game, I tell Steve Smith and all, and that game changed history because they were going to blow that team up. They were about to break that L.A. Lakers team up. I don't know if many people remember yeah. that during that game. They went on. Our, our thing was, man, uh, Kobe. Kobe was a killer, man. Kobe. <laughs> Kobe I mean, you look in the series, and Shaq is averaging 27, 13, 11. Kobe averaging 32, 8, and 8. I mean, what do you do? You know what I mean? You got a great coach on the side of Phil Jackson. So all this could be cool, but you're tired and, you know, three minutes left to go. You still got Kobe and Shaq. You still got double team. You still got refs bullshitting out there. You still got guys hitting incredible shots. You still got veterans like Ori 
and Fisher out here, players that are so Fisher smart that don't ever get the credit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rick like Fox. Those guys, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And you can say Big Bob, he made all them shots crazy. And he played D, and he got the right steal, and he got the charge, and he flopped all the had hands and took You yeah. know what I mean? Like, all of that, man. Like, they were just they were just well-trained, and you know, and well-coached. And so it was, it was an honor playing against them, and it was an honor knowing, you know, we beat them in a the series and it ain't on the record. And it was an honor knowing that, you know, you could go <laughs> at their heads. Because when we would go at their heads, we would – you know, as I look at those games, we beat them by 23 there, by 20. This is the playoffs, and we were mm -hmm. we're the only yeah. team they feared at that time. It, it don't mean nothing because they won, but, you know, it was – we knew we were in a rivalry. We knew we were the underdog. And me personally, from Michigan and other places, I liked that role. I just knew – I thought we were meant to win it. I thought God put me on this earth to be the underdog and to win that championship, you know, to win through that, take that championship back to Michigan, hold it up and be like, you know, how you like me now, you know, so – those right. guys, man. I mean, y'all really, y'all want, want some YouTube. If y'all ever get bored, go. This is how real the series was. I talked to Shaq and we laugh about it. But Shaq got beat up that night. What happened was with the jump ball, Fox and my man Doug Christie, who I'll go to war with. Doug Christie. Any day. Any day. I'll go to war with Doug Christie right now. He called me and said, man, Christie. walk here. I got something for you. I'll do it. I don't even know what it is. That's He's an honorable man. He's honorable. Right? Yeah. He go hard every day. And so it's, you know, a little fight. Uh, Doug Christie is a picture with him catching okay. Fox like that, like coming like that, right? So going to I the remember. back into the hallway, and all here is, ah, 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 ah. And it's Shaq getting beat up by Jackie Christie with her. Purse. <laughs> 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 this is serious, you know what I mean? Like, it did happen again. Yeah. Shaq going in the back laughing. But I'm like, hey, you got your ass beat. Like, oh, don't say that. But he know he did. You know what <laughs> he what I mean? that ass. It, yeah, oh, she was getting it. She was getting it. He ain't even know. It's funny, you know. You know. It's, you get caught up on where oh. she came out the other side of the tunnel. I think I yeah. remember something like that. Came she came through the tunnel. tunnel or something getting yeah, active. Yeah, yeah, that's. I remember that. Yeah, that's, I remember that. That's who we were. Like, we were the underdogs. It was all love on our side, man. So you, you ask how it was it to go up against them. You got to be your best. You got to bring everything. And we did. And um, it's still, you know, at the end wasn't good enough. But those those are the moments you live for to show your heart in those battles. So it was it was good going up against them, man. That jumper that Robert Ori made, that three-pointer at the last second to make them win, I think it was game six, to make them win. How was the locker room after that? Like, how was the vibe? How was everything? Did, was the confidence, did it take a little bit of the confidence that would made you going to game seven a little shaky? So you got to remember, you got to remember the whole game, so. Y'all was kicking their ass. <laughs> we got cheated that game. We got cheated that game. So I don't even know how many fouls were called in the fourth. I know it was three times that I dribbled backwards and the charge was called. And I said, these motherfuckers cheating us tonight. I know that. I know I got a technical for saying that. And wasn't talking to them. Like, just, just look at the game. Like, even people in the media come to me now and be like, man, that game, I, I don't even respect them. Because it was a different day, and none of them said nothing in. Just say it was a bad game. Just say it was mm. a bad cause, like I do. When people talk shit about it, so what? Let it roll off your back. That, that was that game, man. It's, it's no doubt. It's been documented. It's the truth. And we should have won game seven. So how were we in the locker room? Meaning, like, we should have put that away. You know how it is. You can say whatever. But in the locker room, I just remember 
bringing the team together. And I said, that's the first time in my life I've been cheated because I knew about it in basketball. These people talked mm. about and agreed. And I said, what do we do now? And everybody took a shower and then got back on the bus. We talked about it. And was like, all right, everybody done? All right, that shit over with. We got to win tomorrow because the day don't even matter. That that don't even matter. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to believe you about today. So everybody, you settle. Yeah. You, you in your heart, you know what it is. All right, now forget that and let's keep going. You know what I mean? And then in the next game, we couldn't beat them, lost in overtime, couldn't make a shot. Now it's on us. Yeah. So right. that one game happened and then that whole series is on us. So, But that's what happened. You play against the best. You better take them out, you know. When you can again, this is every time this he is athletic shackle. He's jumping like 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 DeAndre oh, yeah. Jordan. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is this yeah. is Kobe defensively. You know what I mean? This is Kobe switching on whoever has the ball. And my man, shout out to Bobby Jackson. Shout out, you know, we had dudes with a lot Bobby of heart. Bobby Jack Jack was a monster. Bobby boy. Jackson, Bobby Greg crossed me so hard, I lost sight of his ass. <laughs> I was so pissed. <laughs> Top of the road, hey, man. Bobby Jackson was a, was a hey, that boy was a bucket. Bobby? Boy. Yeah. yeah, Bobby Cole and defense be on it. Yeah. When I was with the Clippers, we played, y'all, and we had, like, this play they be playing to this day, like this alley-oop for R.I.P. Sean Rooks. He threw a deep, long pass, and Lamar caught it in the air, and he, he threw it behind his head, and I dunked it. Yeah, do you remember that play? I do. I do. Yeah. You got to remember, y'all were the young boys. So I kept my eyes on y'all just because. Y'all was the young boys. Even when Mo Taylor was there, I know he always used to try to go at me because he was from the D. Like, all Michigan. You know what I'm saying? Y'all was the young boys. Like, y'all got to realize, too, it's a, it was a, it was a target on y'all back because it's like, we can't let them come up yet. (laughs) You know what I mean? I remember, yo, I remember that play. I remember being mad. And I I swear it was on my birthday. I swear it was March 1st because (laughs) I want to say my dumb ass got my hair braided that day and I couldn't even turn my hair right to left. (laughs) So so I remember that at the end, you double pumped. I remember because we we were there. I remember y'all put it on. I remember that. (laughs) But that was the only time we beat y'all out of four tries. (laughs) I mean, out of eight tries that we had a chance to. So that was the only time we beat y'all, yeah. but I just remember that scene. Yeah, but y'all still that. showed y'all ass though at the end. I remember that. Oh, you know I, we did. That was, <laughs> that was at the end of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> not, not, now that LeBron, now that LeBron never jump on you if you shoot that ball and you up and you win it at uh, the end of the game. You, you know, know these days, they don't let you get away with that. Hey, and that's why if I was playing today, I'd do it just to do it because <laughs> I don't do let us get up there. I'll tell folks that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do it. Oh, especially I know it make y'all mad. Yeah, okay. Because if because if I got to make you mad to play hard against me next week, then you soft anyway. You know what I mean? Like if you, you, you know, you anyway, material. You know, you supposed to be able to make that up in your head before the game. You've been through too much, so. I did a movie, right? I was a, a real attacker, dunker. I, I really couldn't throw a rock in the ocean when I was shooting, but I started working with this guy named Buzz Brayman. Right, and, and uh, I was in Vancouver were, working with him, and he helped me. Yeah, he helped me with my shot. So he, you know, he showed me the pictures of the worst free throw shooters. So you know, I'm shooting my elbow all like this and stuff. So then by the end of the summer, I didn't move my elbow in, and I remember he worked with you. So I always used to pay attention. I'm like, man. That fucking free throw line jumper that Chris Webber be hitting all the fucking time. That shit then turned into a layup. How is that to add that jumper? To your game, how did that extend your career and, and, and make it better? I remember like Bibby coming off that screen, throwing that behind the back pass to the free throw line, and it seemed like your hands 
it seemed like your hands were so wide open on the ball and, <laughs> and just shooting it. Like, how was that to add that jump into the game to extend your career a little bit longer? That, that was your mailman shot, huh? Hey, that's my mailman. I stole it from the mailman. I used to wonder why can't I guard him on the post and I'm more athletic than him. Like, it was dudes that you would watch. Like, Barkley, they, he put his butt on position in a certain way you couldn't get around him. And so I just was like, how to get easier buckets? You know what I mean? They're not calling fouls in the post. I'm always on the pick and roll. And so, man, working with Buzz, that shit was intense. So I went, you know, the one stat I am proud of, I had I had the greatest improvement in free throw percentage. It was like 45% to like 77 or something with Buzz. So every day we started with taking a basket off the rim, bringing it on the ground, putting two balls in there. I didn't know two balls could fit in the basket at the same time. Took me taking a rim home, putting it in my room, just just keeping it there. It took, you know, hundreds of shots a day, thousands of shots a day. And this is where I really stole game, though, because we would watch film. And so in film, we just watch a film of game. So, like, if you look at Kevin Durant, when he shoot, this hand be off sometimes. You know, the, the left hand would just be this, because I realized my left hand was pushing up against the ball so much. So it worked on the ball spin a different way. Yeah. Just supposed to support yeah. it, not 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 yeah. not affect it. Yeah, you know, or or for me, you know, like a golf swing or something like, you know, for people out there that aren't professionals, you know how you go to the gym one day and you hitting everything? Well, it's because you get into that spot. And for me, this spot was inconsistent. You nervous or yeah. you start following mm. doing like that at the line and stuff like that. And really what it was is I got it in a place I could get it and I didn't care where I was I could get right there and I felt it anywhere from like 20 feet in 21 feet in I could do that and because I could pass I felt I'm always going to be open so even when I play with AI and I'm thinking like body messed up nobody ever averaged 20 with AI before he a killer what I'm going to do and it was okay free throw let me get you some open looks let me get you this and so we still like Grant Hill's crossover, where Grant Hill would go one, two, slow, one, two, and then take off. Or Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd's uh, thing, when I work with Buzz, so I work on my dribbling. So Jason Kidd's crossover was like yeah. this. He comes straight at you and boom. It wasn't all this. Jason Kidd yeah. would just go boom. Uh, so it was just working on certain no things shape. that I know. I'm playing against this big guy tonight, bam. Or I'm playing against this, do this. Or the Sigma and a step back. Like me and Kobe even worked on the in and out step back, and it was from me and him talking about some stuff that Buzz did. So... I used to take Buzz to the club. So I, when I lived in New York, I would go work out. I, I, we'd work out like twice a day. And so I'd get there like yeah. 9 in the morning. I wanted to be at the gym 8 or 9 so we could do it two or three times a day. Take it to the club, come stay at my hotel. You know, let's go there. So Buzz was like, I mean, he still is a, a very close person. He's a good person. And I bet he could outshoot yeah. most dudes in the league today. <laughs> but he Buzz, Buzz is my guy, man. And Buzz, like I said, yeah. he helped my jump out. Tremendously just reformed. I hate it. I ain't, I ain't worked with him earlier in my career because, like, man, that, we went to Vancouver and just that time with him was just big. And, like I said, you was one of the players that we always talk about. And, you know, it made me pay attention to it. Like, I'm like, man, he's, he's killing this fucking free throw line jumper. Like, every fucking time, it's like a layup. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Buzz was one of my, definitely one of my guys, man. <laughs> Yeah, me too. He had Shaq shooting his best. When Shaq shot his best free throw percentage, I think he had Shaq shooting, you know, that too. Buzz, yeah. hey, Buzz got game, man. Buzz got game. You just spoke on playing with, with, with AI. Tell me what that was like, them, them couple years in Philly playing with, 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 with AI. He's the coldest 
person I ever played with. AI Cole. AI like he like a he like an undefeated heavyweight boxing type. Like he a champion. Like he a AI Cole. I would, I would just be on the bench watching him. One night he got 60. I'm just like, you know what I mean? He, he don't weigh 140. <laughs> <laughs> so he quick, he long. It's his heart. That's, it ain't nothing. It's just his heart, man. He just, he cold. He a machine, man. I, I just couldn't, you know, when people talk about the practice store, when he go practice, practice, I, I hate it for a couple reasons. One reason, he was saying my best friend died and y'all talking about practice. You want to say I'm being lazy, you know? And then second, when he practiced, it fucked everything up. Because what's you gonna do? You, you what are we practicing? You want AI to kill and practice all day? What what you wanna do? Oh, shell drill. AI got the ball. He want three on two. The way I mean, he, the way he, do he the same thing yeah, What can he do? You know what I mean? So in practice, it was just funny watching them. But I watched Lou Will. I watched Andre Iguodala those years. They were my rookies, and. AI, AI was relentless, man. AI would just eat everybody up. And it don't surprise me that Lou Will is the all-time leading scorer off the bench. It yeah. don't. It don't. He came in, the baby AI, man. Lou Will was cold right. you know, yeah. since coming in. Andre Iguodala was cold since coming in and was smart and realized, okay, AI going to take most of these shots. How do I stay valuable? How do I do this? You know, you can see them mm-hmm. growing in their talent then. So playing with AI, man, it was cool. It was just, we just both wished we were younger. We both wish we had that opportunity yeah. when we were younger, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, we went to the playoffs, did some things with some old men, but it, it was cool playing with him, man. Now, that was, he, he the coldest, man. I, I don't know. Isaiah Thomas and him to me, I, I, you know. And you got to put Chris Paul probably in that category now, the, the best small guy. Yeah, small you know, yeah, And tiny. Shout out to them, but yeah, he, he yeah. cold, man. That boy, crazy. that boy cold, man. I'm talking about. <laughs> he could play football, you know what I mean? He probably could do track. Man. Probably, probably no, no. He, he, he good. Yeah, he good. That boy good. That boy good. That boy good. You got the opportunity, you know, you grew up a Detroit Pistons fan. You grew up seeing those Pistons to get an opportunity. I know it was later in your career, but just to, you know, be in Detroit and, and leave your house and go to the game and just be at home. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people don't get that opportunity, that chance to experience that. And I, like I say, I know you wanted to be younger and be there, but how was it just to get that feeling? Just to, to get that feeling of, man, I'm a piston, something that I grew up watching my whole life, and I can leave my house and come to this arena. It's crazy. It's the best locker room I've been in, period. No, no other locker room is even close. Because everybody was older. Rasheed Wallace, Dell Davis, uh, oh man, Chauncey Billups, uh, Tayshawn yeah, Prince, probably the smartest player I've ever played with. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they were killers. They was not playing around. Like it was come in, let's go to work. We work hard, play hard, get it done. Everybody's together. Young Max Seal is on the team. I mean, we really got. I mean, I had dice. You know, too, they coaching yeah, themselves McDice. in the huddles. Yeah, McDice. McDice, yeah. Darwin Ham, practices was tough. Like, it was men. This was grown men. You know what I mean? Like, we sitting in the side <laughs> with a beard talking grown men stuff. So, I played one year after that. But to me, that really was my last year. Because Joe Dubon's yeah. gave me opportunity. I remember, you know, that's when LeBron hit us in the head with 25 in the fourth quarter. And, and 
Yeah, right. ended our championship run. That's when I started. Okay, right, this yeah. guy, he's gonna be more than a problem. And you know, yeah. but to be with that team, man, that was. I mean, even Coach Collins, he was a, a MVP for the Celtics. You know, being with him every day, you know, for me. So that, if anything, bro, that was something I really thank God for that opportunity because. You know, sometimes you need to be with people like you to know you ain't crazy. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. they let me know, like, oh, yeah, what you, what you talking about? You ain't even going hard enough. You really want to talk, you know, and other things. So they, they were a great group, man. They're a great group. And then to be home, the place that the draft happened, the place that, yeah. you know, high school champions happened in that arena, you know. So it was moms coming to the game on the front row. So it was cool. Straight up. When you came up, Who's the guys you like patting your game out there? Who's the guys that you looked at and was like, man, I want that? Derek Coleman. DC. Derek Coleman. Right. He was the number one pick. He was the coldest, you know, where I was from. Syracuse running with his thumbs up, looking crazy. We had, yeah. we had the OG on with us. He wrapped the to the man. fullest. <laughs> he is Detroit. You know, that's that's why I wore four. I wore 44 in high school because of Derek Coleman. I wore four in the NBA because of Derek Coleman and because of Larry Johnson. Those, and my best friend, Kev, he had four. Yeah, so those Johnson. were like big men, you know. Larry Johnson another big fella that influenced me, you know. And then it was Magic and Dominique and all those guys. But as far as the young dudes, yeah. it was Larry Johnson and DC, that whole era of big guys that could do a little bit more, you know, between yeah. them. So, yeah, that's sort of pattern my game out there. At Golden State, you dunked on Barkley. And this is like, they still play this dunk to this day. Man, a commercial like, you, you, go, you go behind your back and... And dunk on it. You know, these is one of the guys that's, you know, the best power forwards in this league. And this is your rookie year, getting the opportunity to, to go mano a mano with one of the greats. So how is that to just get that dunk on one of the people that you look up to and, you know, you watch from afar? It was crazy because, you know, I wanted him, Matumbo, Sean Bradley, Eaton. I wanted the tallest Oh, you know we want them all. We got a long list. You know, <laughs> all of them. Chuck is my hero, though. You know, at that time, right. it was no better. And so my father, that's my man, you know. My father used to let me know he's the man of men. Ain't none of these other men, nothing. They can't be him, right? So I got my father at the game who's telling me, Barkley going to dunk on you tonight. This is my pop coming <laughs> my brother's. I bring, I bring the whole hood up for this game. Literally, it's probably 15 people in. Just to see me play against Barkley, that's enough. Like, I don't even think we're going right. to what happened. Yeah. I always used to go behind my back. I always used to do it. And so in talking to Barkley, is crazy. I was a terrible free throw shooter. So Barkley tells me he was going to grab me. And I probably felt that, not wanting to go to the line. And that's where I went behind my back. So as soon as I duck and I get him, I don't even know what's going on. I, I know something happened with him, and I just, I'm looking for my pops. That's when I put my hands up. Uh, look at my pops like, what you saying about what? What? This your man will be on the floor? Yeah, I so, did. That was, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it felt, yeah, that was, you know, man, it's, it's cool, man. That's when when you get your hero, man. That's why, yeah, that, that was a good feeling. <laughs> but he man, gave us 54 on the playoff. Oh, you know that's right. But that's when you talk to your homeboys and calls you up all night. Yeah, you seen it. You seen yeah, it. They yeah, showing yeah. those sports and all. <laughs> You talk shit more on those nights than any nights just because they was on, like, they wanted Barkley to dunk on me. You know what I mean? They wanted him to get me. You know what I'm saying? Because in the yeah. same was the call back in the playoffs. They was like, how many on Barkley score y'all night? 54? Uh, was you checking? You know, he was going When you was at Michigan, like, you know, I used to study players' game, and I used to study, you know, everything and try to take it off of them. 
and, and bring it to my game. One of the things that I got from you, me and my mom used to always talk about this and so forth, all. When you was at Michigan, you used to dunk a lot, but you you created this meme up <laughs> after you dunk. Like the meme of, like the reason that I dunk and I be trying to look so mean and so tough and so hard, because the reason I used to see you do it all the goddamn time. <laughs> like who instilled that in you and who who put that in you? Like, no, nah, you need to, you can't look that. You got to, you dunk it, you got to. You gotta have that that mean mean face on, like, <laughs> and I you the first person I used to see do it all the time. So where did you get that from? So I'm playing for the Super Friends. When we were 12, Harvard only let us play against 15 year olds. Then 13 year olds, so we could never win. So I'm crying on the end of the bench, dog. I'm passionate. I'm crying. Like they not better than us, you know. I'm the I'm the little kid getting beat up every time because I'm still going over there after the game. Because like, it was family. I can't explain it, but it was so much family. And we didn't know how good we were. All we knew that the only way to feel good is to fight, like to give it your all. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so I really got it because I got tired of talking and I saw all these corny dudes talking and I saw, and it, was just, it was just a way to communicate with, with my boys. And I did it sincerely. And then I also realized it was a battery and everybody back on my team too. Right. So I want I wanted that. And then I wanted you to say something about it. So I don't I, my father, my father, like uh in church, you know, you you acting bad or something like that, he'd be looking at you, you know, like you know, you know, <laughs> you couldn't say nothing right here. You know that look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it 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 was real though, man. It was I I really felt like every dunk, everything was for people back. You know, Six Mile, where I was from, where Jamie was from, where Jerome was from. I really felt like that's the only connection because, again, this was new. We didn't even have TVs in the dorm. You know right. what I'm saying? It's just mind-blowing, sports center, all this. So it was um, it was just something, man, where I, I just felt it, it was just a release for me. It was just something that was real. When Nike dropped them Chris Webbers, how did you feel? <laughs> Uh, Nike I, drops, had I had the blue and white joints with the Nike on the toe. I had them jokes, and they was comfortable. I used to rock them jokes. <laughs> I, I loved it, man. I, I loved it because the shoe they gave me the year before, the, the my first half of shoe, it was like a high top shoe with these straps across it. And David Robinson kind of warned and he didn't. And I remember, again, at the time, all big men at the time had to wear ugly-ass high tops, like high tops up to your yeah. shin. And I'm hey. thinking like, no, we little them forces like, and them flights. Yeah, <laughs> yeah double the revolutions. Flights. You know that they was dope. At the yeah. time, but, you know, I wanted to change, and I remember like Tom Chambers won the dunk contest. He had on some low tops. I'm like, oh yeah. So I wanted to make the low tops, the little tag, the Nike on the toe. I'm really glad that shoe did start a lot of trends because Nike keeps it on the toe now. Some other stuff. It was yeah. fly. Yeah. It was fly. Yeah, like, that was like, not just West. the fact that you got a shoe, like you yeah, got a dope show. shoe that's still yeah, right now get retro and dope. get love right they now. They didn't bring no Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they need to, man. They need to. Yeah, that was dope, man. That was dope. I got a few here at the crib that I, that I ain't never opened, but my Oh, my man, God. Man. I wish I could get another pair of them jokes, man, because those jokes was my <laughs> thing. Like, yeah. But I got them, because, uh, like, you know, they, they, they they dropped them Rhymes, they dropped them Barclays, you know what I'm saying? Because they were dropping other shoes around at the time. And I was just telling my mom, uh, I want them Webbers. Yeah, hey. The Pacific, I, I need them Webbers. Them blue and white junk, <laughs> I had them boys. I told Nike, I'm like, please make a shoe that you can wear to school and you can wear with jeans because 
You know, right, you know yeah. I ain't had two pairs of shoes to wear with, you know, when I was younger, jeans and this. It was one or the other. Give me something I could, you know, switch up at any time. And so they looked up. <laughs> Hey, tell me this. You got a personal collection of African-American artifacts. What made you start that, and how did you start doing that? I got one right here. Let me show you. This is a small one I keep in my house, and this is staying power. And it's the handwritten words of the great James Brown. It's when he wrote the song. You know what I mean? Wow. And so I... Stuff like this, I just love having at the house, like pictures and stuff. But how it started is my mother's a teacher, and she used to always talk about black history, you know, just talk about how we contributed to the world, you know, how, you know, we come in every color, how beautiful people are, all this great stuff. And so growing up, she would just let me know a little bit about history. And then being a hooper, you always want to study stories of like inspiration, people that made it and shouldn't have and other stuff like that. And when I went to Country Day, I go to this other high school. It's a different community. There's no one like myself there. And I see my brothers, you know, different races on our team, how they celebrate their heritage, how they do that. And so I really wanted to take these pieces and take them to the schools and take them to... So first I just started collecting because I just wanted to collect them. And then friends would come over and see and they'd be like, man, you should take that to schools. And so I have one book. It's from 1773 and it's from the first novel written by an African-American woman. But it's the second book written by a woman and it's Phyllis Wheatley. So she was a slave. Her slave family, the family that um, enslaved her, um, taught her to read. She writes this beautiful, crazy book. No one believes she could do it, that a woman could do it, let alone an African-American woman could do it. So she has to go recite this book in front of John Hancock and things like that. And so, one, I liked it because it's valuable and it's not going to go down. Two, it's a big piece of history. And three, I take it to schools and I'll say, you know, boys are smarter than girls, right? And all the boys raising their hand, and I got them because the girls are like, boo. I'm like, let me tell you a story about Phyllis Wheat. And then we just talk, mm -hmm. whether it's about my time out, whether it's about, you know, what point you are in your life, whether it's about things you've seen people go through, that I have some artifacts right here that I can show you of people just like yourself that wasn't supposed to make it. I got some funny stories I can show you of people like yourself that wasn't even supposed to be here. And if they did it, why can't you do it? As a matter of fact, here's their story. You can go look, you can go touch it. Now, I know it's going to be hard. I know it's going to be this, but what are we going to do? And so it always gets to that point and so... Just from being at home, my mom would do stuff like that. Then I just start really loving the stories. And then now, you know, what is African-American history? It's telling my kid that, you know, you can have a podcast like y'all. It's telling people they can influence votes like Stacey Abrams. You know, it's really what inspirational stories can you tell people from their backgrounds and communities that don't inspire them and let them know it's people just like you. We know what you're going through. We know no one's going to cry or give you an excuse. We got your back. But let's go. It's your turn. Do you have a favorite piece or like that you have that you collected? Or is it too many you just got, you know, is, is I only got about like got 10 the... pieces. It's really not a lot of pieces. I think a couple pieces um, is an 80 pound ball that was for slaves. I like showing because people think slavery was this happy thing or people had another choice. And let them just each kid carry it or hold it. And, you know, imagine how long that would, would be around to bring that empathy. And then I think it's fun stuff like a James Brown suit. You know, they can laugh at the colors and everything. You know, you just want them to have a good time. And so 
you know, the Fat Five jerseys, stuff like that. So I just try to keep the fun and everything from sports to everything else. Hey, tell me this. How did you end up teaching a master's class in storytelling at Wake Forest? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, How did that happen? Oh, uh, man. So I've been going to school and doing all this uh, since I've been out. And, uh, you know, they have what's called a professor of practice, uh, someone that can bring in real-world experience to go along with the curriculum of the teacher that has, you know, the curriculum. So I've been doing my book and documentary, and I've really been writing and learning how to direct and doing all this other stuff. And in the midst of that, they saw what I was doing, and they asked if I wanted to be part of that. Uh, I did interviews with sports icons that have gone through certain things, taught them, you know, the difference between what you read in the media and how to kind of listen with the third ear and, you know, how the narrative on us has always been certain ways and there's dog whistles, just things like that. And so it was a really crazy experience. And I guess I can tell you about this now, but I'm teaching a class for Morehouse right now on Coursera mm. and it'll be available February 18th. And so what this is, is studying sports and protests. And, you know, we always talk about what is protest. And you always have people throw all these things up. And my thing is, we need to talk to sports icons that have been there and really ask them and break it down. So the first week of my class is with John Carlos. Dr. John Carlos is like a big brother to me. You know, he stood on, in 1968, stood on uh, the gold medal stand, put his fist up. Uh, he talks about why he put his fist up. He talks about Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, how they encouraged him to do this. They talk about his growing up in New York. And, what he expects of us now, Kaepernick, or what the great things that guys in the league did last year with the boycott. I talked to Spencer Hayward because not many people realize Spencer Hayward's case was antitrust laws. It wasn't, yeah, you know, yeah, we remember it was that. antitrust laws. It was what's hardship. So because of the Spencer Hayward case, that hardship rule is because of him. Since Spencer Hayward fought mm-hmm. that and went to the Supreme Court, NBA players that have benefited from it that's come out early, including myself, because it was the four-year rule, mm-hmm. it's been $30 billion that his sacrifice created for us, you know, or his fight created for us. Anybody's come out early. I yeah. Magic, uh, Cole, you know. Yeah, we, we had Spence on, uh, um, they did a documentary on us when we first came out. Yeah, like CNN. And it was a whole segment on, like, basically, we here because of what, you know, they, they did the whole gambit about how he fought and went to the courts and then how it finally happened for him. And he was still yeah. kind of, pigeonholed even though he won the fight they still kind of did him dirty for yeah and you know my thing is it's dope that we get to learn about it right the world should learn about it because everybody's affected by the laws you know and so my thing is to talk about looking at the world through the lens of sports and just seeing how it impacts nature how it impacts business how it impacts some of our thoughts you know it's been cool to have these type of interactions i've been doing it for a while and uh, i don't really try to keep it on the low but you know, it's just something I do out of labor of love. And um, so hopefully, you know, people get a lot out of it. Uh, out of all the things you achieved, you had the opportunity to add actor to your resume. You had the opportunity to do Uncle Drew with Hall of Famer Shaq, Hall of Famer Lisa Leslie, like all these great people. And man, it looked like y'all had so much fun out there doing it. And you did a great job at that so how was that and it was funny yeah oh, yeah man. how was that to do that movie and, and you know and just to get that out that was like a locker room dog nate robinson nate, nate robinson should probably pay the studio because he is messing around so much we probably took 10 extra days to film because he just telling jokes dancing 
I mean, it was fun. Lisa Leslie, Shaq. I mean, it was a great set, man. Reggie. Was, you know, we all on there vulnerable saying, you should say this, you should do this. You know, it's like a gang. We really working with each other, you know what I mean? So Nate had this backpack that the director hated because the backpack had music in it, you know what I mean? And we got, the people we got are extras. They lied. They really from the hood. You know, they hang it. You know what I mean? They just getting paid to hang it there at the court. So if Nate play the music, Everybody gonna start dancing, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> the director, oh, break on out, you know. And people just it take twenty minutes to calm people down, and they have a dance contest. So it, it was fun, man. I was, that wasn't even work, man. That wasn't even work. That was just, that was fun, man. I was fun. I appreciate uh, Kyrie for giving, you know, looking out, letting us get in on that with him. Right. Yeah. We got to the league. You played in the Dirty West, and there was a lot of great powerfuls in the Dirty West. So if you had to start. Cut or bench somebody. Uh, so if you had to start cut or bench Rasheed, KG, and Duncan, who would you start? Who would you cut? Ooh. And who would you bench? That's that's fucked up. I'm a bench sheet only because of. Total career length. I'm Ben Sheed, just cause full resume. But Rasheed and KG were the two guys that it was the hardest for me to score on. So I, I get that. But so I'm gonna start KG and I'm gonna bench Tim and uh, cut Sheed. Make me cut my man Sheed, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you play with a lot of good players and a couple of teams. If you had to pick four other players out of all the teams and rosters you'd have played on, who would beat them four other players? <laughs> uh, Doug Christie, Spreewell, Billio. That's hard, man. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but dang, shout out to Sheen, Rod Strick. I mean, there's so many, you know, but... Uh, those, those are the first that, that come to mind, man, because uh, some for different yeah. for me. Some because they made me better, some because they cold, but yeah, those four. I feel bad, though, because I'm obviously this type of shit my brother's going to be killing me on. Like, this was your man. Then when he did this fuck, you ain't even say his name. I'm like, that. <laughs> they hit me rapid fire, man. They hit me rapid fire. I don't know what to say. Oh, man. When I asked the start bitch cut question, I put your name in there instead of she, and she looked the same way. Like, oh, shit. Wait, so who's like, she? Well, my man. Oh, I don't so she know. cut I me? can't even remember. Who did she I, cut? We would have to, I can't I remember. Go, you see how clean you is, though? I cut she, and I'm already mad. She <laughs> cut me. That's how, that's how the game goes. <laughs> 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 I remember the awards y'all used to have, man. Them just some mm. good basketball to watch, man. Y'all at Power mm. Forward, all y'all in the same conference. Yeah, man. Hey, this is what I want to ask you, though. Like, we were talking about this earlier. Would you rather get dunked on? Because all of us here in this, we didn't been dunked on. You know, we right. dunked on people, too. We didn't been dunked on. Right. So would you rather get dunked on or would you rather get stiff on? Like how King Henry be laying these boys down. Like, which one you feel is the worst? Bro, the five fingers to the face. If you stiff on me, am I pulling? If you stiff on me, am I pulling you down with the arm or you just threw me? Nah, you getting like how 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 you see Derrick Henry out here doing these people just like they body go that way while he's still running like juggernaut or something. <laughs> or or like Shaq dunking on uh, David Robinson. 
See, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, yeah. that's yeah. Like, you talking about like that. I said, you guys see that. It, it depends. You talking about dunking on David Robinson, or Chris like, w, or like Tracy McGrady dunked on, dunked on, dunked on, dunked on your man from like. Chicago and rolled his back on out of bounds after he dunked on. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd rather get stiff like, off. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd rather get stiff off. Because at least the DB, at least the DB, like a hundred pounds lighter or something. Maybe no, y'all rather get stiff. Yeah, I'll be swinging back and all that shit, bro. <laughs> so this is one of my favorite questions I like to ask, man. We all, like you said, we come from the hood. We ain't really, you know, had a lot. You had a crazy first year contract. So like, when you got that bag, what did C Webb go do? I ain't talking about going about mama. I'm talking about what okay. you did. I was gonna say because you know, yeah, you get mama the first. I, I know you took care of mom, dude. What you like, doing? That's that's you. We all did that. I'm talking about what you did. What the hood want to hear? What we want to hear? We got big chains and all that. What did what did C Webb do? All right, so let me say I took care of mom the first, and then uh, I, I um <laughs> I had to get some uh, pink gators for the pink big black moors for the party I was having because Pink Gators was that. <laughs> pink Gators, yeah, the Detroit burgundy suit, <laughs> yeah, a burgundy suit, pink tie, pink Gators. And uh, I bought, I bought it a... sound like Iceman, man. Yeah, <laughs> I bought... I was gonna say El Dorado got a black El on Dorado. black El Dorado. <laughs> yeah. I bought a Suburban. At the time, it was like Suburbans just came out and I wanted them to make it the loudest truck in the world. And so... You, I had you and D-Mass. I had, um... 6-12s. Uh, <laughs> no. 10-10s. Oh, my God. That's uh, only, Your body was vibrating in that truck. I took the back seat out. The only thing I had was two seats in the Suburban. The rest was sounds. To the point I told him, like, if I drive down the street and I don't set off car alarms or, you know what I mean, like, I broke the window in the car... So that's the stupid shit. I, like, I wanted the loudest car. I wanted the loudest car in the world. That's that, that, those are my goals back then. So did you like your body oh, wasn't yeah. hurting? Like you was should have had vertigo or something. Like you was constantly oh, yeah. vibrating. Oh yeah, it, it, it didn't make sense. Like I'm sure hearing problems and shit like that. Like it was people talked about it. Like friends, they was just like, it's ridiculous. You don't want a Benz. You don't want, you know what I'm saying, something for yourself. I'm like, no, I want the loudest truck in the world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> In the, in the world. world, that's what I wanted, man. So yeah, I bought some, the first two things, some some gators and that, and then I, you know, probably bought some more stupid shit. Then got to it, but I got to figure out what I put in it because when I tell you, it would be much better than what I'm saying. But it was full of speakers and it was nice. How did your mom and dad look at you when they saw it? Like an idiot. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is what you gonna do, you dummy? Like you know, what what, what is this? Do you get some money? You gonna do this? Yeah, 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 exactly. Hey, boy, ain't nobody going to make you feel bad about, about something you do to your parents because no. they're going to tell you the absolute like, this, truth. <laughs> this is what we waiting for? <laughs> this, 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 this what the work is for? A white suburban with, with sounds and only three people can sit in? Okay. What was the first track you threw in there to see how loud it was going to beat up the block? Though? Oh, dog, this is... So this draft year? Oh, yeah, this is 93. <laughs> so 93 had to be... Uh, oh. That's Nas, that's Woo. Like, this 93, that's when that's when things start getting... Yeah. Yeah, that's when that's things start like. getting right. Something to beat, something. <laughs> something. <laughs> the flow that changed up a little bit. Uh. You know? You know? Uh, let me ask you this, though, since we talk about music. What was the first CD you bought with your own money? Man, that's, damn, that's a good question, boy. Boy, that's a good question. <laughs> 
Probably Big Daddy Kane. Probably Big Daddy Kane. Tribe. Date myself, but it had to be, you know, late eighties, eighty, yeah, eighty-seven, eighty-eight, something like that. Public Enemy, something, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> my first album. The first album I ever bought was that Twister. Uh-huh. That Twister boy. Yeah, ready to I rush. can't. I, yeah. Straight up. You don't Straight know, up. You don't know about social conflict with Doe or Die. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. You know, Satan. <laughs> exactly. Uh, when you look back at your career and so forth, Fong, the impact of you and your homeboys had on the culture, how appreciative of that when you hear folks who like, man, like y'all was it. Y'all brought the swag to it, the shorts, the black socks. Like, that changed the whole culture, like, hip-hop. I mean, a lot, man. All it means is that you inspire somebody to do what they were supposed to do. You know what I mean? So you can't take credit like, yeah, we the man we made you. But, you know, we were going through then what you're going through now, and you sensed that. No. You know what I mean? And you feel that, and you feel that sincerity. So I'm grateful. I'm thankful more than anything in this sports career that I'm one of the people you know, no matter what I have, no matter what this, that, you know, good love. And that to me means the most, dog, because uh, that's what you do it for when there's no guarantees. You know, we do it you for do the it dream for of it, it, you know? And if you'd have yeah, told me love in the beginning I would have this career and the love, I'd have said, okay, I don't even want no more, you know? And so that's why I love watching y'all. That's why I love watching the young boys, because whatever they saw in me that they appreciate, I see in y'all and I appreciate. So... I'm grateful for that. I'd, I'd be horrified if I lost that love. i am always been grateful for that. And for me, through the ups and downs, through accusations, through playing with teams like that, through being part of Five Five and people didn't like us when we were out, we always knew our culture held us up. You know, you can go back and look mm-hmm. at interviews. And I'm saying in the interview at 18 years old, I don't care what anybody in this press conference think of me. The black community in Detroit is the only one to hold me now. This is what yeah. we said then. So... I hope we earned that love and that trust because, and we knew it. We knew that, it, that the rest of this world didn't love us, you know? So hopefully we show some strength that others can take on and use in their journey because, you know, it gets harder every day. I appreciate the love. How was it for you to return to Michigan? I watched that, you know, with the when you went back to the football game and stuff like that. How dope of a feeling was that? That was cool, man, because Pops, you know what I mean? He was he was out there with the 100,000. I was out there with my brothers. It was love, man. I thank Coach Harbaugh for inviting me back. You yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, it, it was crazy. The fact, man, I'll tell you why I was talking to Nuke. Juwan, before this pandemic broke up the basketball again, because, you know, I think we 15-1, something like that in Michigan right now. Something like that. Yeah, I'm kicking ass. Yeah, y'all kicking ass. I'm I'm giving that part. I'm mad at you about how you feel about my dog being there. It felt so good to get back that, you know, I called him like, when are we going to do this, you know? And so um, we were making plans to let me get up there with the fellas before this second wave. But it was love, man. It was, we grew there and we helped make that place what it is. So it was dope being, you know, welcome back with open arms. How you feel about what Jawan is doing and Jawan getting the opportunity at Michigan? He's a, a great, great guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the, for his success that he has there and, and the hard work he put in to achieve that and finally get an opportunity at Michigan, how do you feel about him achieving that? Man, this to me, like, how things start to change, meaning, like, you know, whether it's corporations, whether it's people, it's like they always, it's like they never reward the people that are in it and allow them to take everybody to the next level. For me, Juwan is 
when he was playing with us, he was a coach. You know what I mean? When he played in Miami and got older with Bron, right. and he was on the side, he was a coach. When he was a coach, he was a coach. You know what I mean? He's been through it. Like, like so many coaches come to their parents and say, I can help this young man. Y'all ain't never been half as broke as we were. You ain't never lived in a neighborhood like this. You don't know what I have to go through. Now, that don't mean you can't help me, but I oftentimes need somebody that can relate. It ain't nothing you can say to that man and he not relate. Straight up. You know what I'm saying? So he knows what it's like to do this. He knows what it's like. And therefore, he can give you honest opinion. He can help you. And he holds you accountable. That's what I love. He's a hard worker. He never was the fake rah-rah dude. That's why when you see yeah. him doing the cabbage patch and all that, it's funny because that's his expression because everything else is exactly. gone. He's just going to work and get it done. You know, you know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, when it, when it comes to men, he's the man that I trust the most just by what he does, says, acts. And so I love the fact he's in this leadership position because he would have been the fourth coach on the bench forever as long as he didn't take away from his family because he loves sports that much. And he knows the game where he should be the head guy. And I'm glad that he's showing everybody now what a hell of a job he could do. To me, he coached the year this year. I, I don't know how, I mean, you know, his first year. And we heck of a recruiting class. Y'all kids better sign with Michigan with him. Uh, Ron, hey. I don't know if this is legal recruiting right now, but he better go get everybody he played yeah. with, too. Put him over. Yeah, no, all that kids got to come through that, though. <laughs> everybody. To go through all of that and everything y'all been through, and now you look at it, you know what I'm saying? Y'all done had great NBA careers. Everybody made good money. And you look at the positions y'all in now. You look at Jawan, You look at you. You look at Jalen. How does that make you feel when you just look at, the, you know what I'm saying, the the, the sustainability you all and all came through with and, and, and just still being able to be here? Yeah, and shout out to Ray Jackson. He running basketball in Austin, Texas. He got them young boys playing. And shout out to Jimmy King because he's doing this thing. I mean, Jalen, you know, he he doing his thing on TV. You can't turn on the TV Straight and not up. see him, you know. And Jawan, you know, it's just a blessing, dog. Like, it's it, it's crazy because it kind of makes sense. Like, me and Jay would talk about, you know, man, we could do – I mean, we used to say we could do what Wilborn and Tony Kornheiser are doing because we used to watch the show right. a lot. And, you know, because it's cool to have a brother you can argue with. And not like fake mm -hmm. stuff, you know, and you could really have right. true opinions and then go home and be like, whatever, and do another show. You know, we were talking about that and, and just seeing it, man. I, all I can say is God is good, man. Like being young, it was like you knew you were special because everybody's special and you knew my, maybe you called something, but it ain't no way you would think none of this would happen because we just wanted to play ball. We just wanted to go to the same high school. We just wanted to yeah. play in the same college, you know. So when I see it, man, every time I'm just – I'm just grateful, even if I'm yelling at the team for not rebounding or laughing at the <laughs> point old boy make like that's crazy. Like, I'm just thankful we get to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just thankful, man. We should not, you know, a lot of people started off with this and are no longer here because they didn't have the opportunity. Crime hit them or, you know, something, you know. So we just blessed. Life. Man. Yeah, life. You talk about your mom and your pops a lot. Tell me about the impact that they had on you and how they help mold you to be the way you are? Because you, you spoke on them a lot of different times and a lot of different scenarios. Just tell me about your pops and mom's impact on you. Uh, yeah, man, they're, they're two totally different opposites. My mother, you know, educator, crazy degrees, and my father's a, a self-made man um, that was on the plantations in the South. And he taught me to be a man. He taught me to fuck the world and there's no excuses to love those that you're with. And to keep your word and to keep it moving. Don't be led by emotions. And them, 
So my mother would teach me to ask for more, to put your foot on her neck in games. She was funny. She didn't even like sports. Um, you know, she was on me about education or she was on me about narratives. Like, she would always say, you know, when Jackie Robinson died, he was mad that there weren't enough black managers, right? Like, my mom was the real. Like, she's the, we'll watch the news together when I was little. And she said, you see how they said that? And you see how they called that man that? And that's why I'm, I commentate today. It's not because of school or anything. It's because of her perspective. And, and I'm not afraid to say what I want. So I just... It's just so important to people that are in your life. You know, being the oldest five, they had the biggest, you know, I wanted to go to a high school because of basketball. And in a broke house, one bathroom, seven people. My mother said, no, you're going to go here for education. Like, she never was a fan. You know what I mean? How your mom tell you, I ain't your friend, I'm your mama, even though you know you love me. Like, <laughs> and them holding, you know, holding us accountable. You know what I mean? Or, you know, she just, she was just dope, man. She, you know, both my parents and, you know, like many other parents, uh, they just held me accountable. And then when I got to where I got, they said, that's dope, but you're going to, what else is next? You know, is there more? But they just encouraged me. But it was so dope to bring my pops to the game. I don't know if y'all got any family members like this, but my pops know everybody. I don't even know people. Like, he was like, yeah, I talked to Carl Malone the other day. I'm like, how you talking to Carl Malone? Yeah, I, yeah we on the phone. I'm like, man, what are you talking to, man? Like, you the type of dude I take to the games, man. He's sitting over in the corner writing in the pencil, man. I'm like, man, excuse me, man. Don't let my pops or something. Or, you know, or, uh, Kyle Lowry. I was talking to him two years ago, man. He's like, yeah, me and your father was talking about some business. And I'm like, man, it's funny. But he's, my pops is in the league. He the one. He enjoyed the league more than anybody. Put it that way. Just That's being right. in the game, That's sitting right. up there with his fans, Bill Russell. And then when I saw that, uh, he could smile and just, he the man now. I was like, yeah, job done, man. I'm, I'm cool. Uh -huh. He's straight. He's straight. I'm, I'm good. All right, man, that's a wrap, man. This has been too dope. We appreciate you, OG. This is one of the realest, and we've been waiting to get you. I know you've been waiting on us, but we've been waiting to get you, man, and this was legendary. We appreciate you coming Hall through. Hall of Famer, too. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all, man. Keep Damn going. right, man. Hall of Fame. Hey, Thank you for having me on, man. Y'all show is dope. Yes, appreciate sir. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Players Tribune.com